Here's the Krispy Kreme donuts sitting out there in my house. Here's the big bags of candy. Here's all the trap for the rat, and the rat is eating the bait, you know, and just bulk it up. <laughs> Do I dare? I don't want to tell you what I weighed on the scale this morning. 205. Oh, no, 197. Oh, all right. Well, that ain't so bad. Ain't good. Well, that means I gained two pounds yesterday in one day. In one freaking day, I gained two pounds. Yeah. And then I come in here and I saw the beast. <laughs> Holy crap, man. <laughs> Jesus, God almighty. Somebody must have stuck a... I think Moe, to get even with him, must have stuck a bicycle pump up his ass and blown it. Didn't I tell you? Wow. He looks like the inflatable beast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> he, he's like a human accordion. Blow up party beast. Wow, 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 wow. When in doubt, blow it out. And anyway, then I hear Zach is the doorman at the, the dollhouse. Good news. I heard Joe going on at a great length about that. Of course, I hate to break the news to you, Joe. He ain't going to get any. Can you even begin to imagine that? No. No. I wasn't trying to. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying you can't even begin to imagine that. Anyway, I saw that debate last night. I released most of it on MSNBC. What is my cable company? Is it Media One, which used to be a hundred different things? It used to be Store, and it used to be this, and it used to be all these other uh, Comcast, Comcast, and uh, Typecast. Still be Comcast unless uh... whatever it is. So what they've done is they moved a whole bunch of channels for months now. We haven't been able to find Fox Sports uh, Florida, where the Panther games are, which we got the satellite dishes, so we can still see it. But it's a pain in the ass. Come to find out, they moved it from 24 to um, I think 42. They just keep uh, moving crap around all over the place without telling you. So they moved MSNBC, which used to be 5, and now it's Channel 73. So I'm surfing and surfing and surfing looking for the debate last night. It took me about 20 minutes to find a goddamn thing. And, of course, their response would be, well, nobody watches MSNBC anyway, which is a good point. Huh? So we might even make it a Channel 173. But So I saw that debate last night, and I want to tell you right now, folks, and I know this isn't going to win any friends in this audience because I got the results. What did I do with them? I saved the polls from um, the weekend, which I have them here somewhere. See, I'm disorganized now because all those sales assholes coming in here. Nice seeing you, Screwan. Don't ever put your ugly puss in here again, okay? God, do I hate that bitch. I, I, don't, I don't know what the hell happened to him. I had both polls. Here they are. And you know what I did with the second one because you screwed up bad on Friday? What? Because you forgot to fax Eric the third poll. From when we were leaving? No, I didn't. You didn't? No. I faxed it after the show, but I faxed it. At what time? Because I faxed it, too. Well, whatever, okay? So let's say he screwed up because he's kind of a pain well, in the ass. We can say I screwed up. I don't care. Okay, I somebody screwed didn't. up. So anyway, when the because uh, the poll with Dean and Bush kept going, so when it got to 499, I printed it out. So we'll have exactly the same number of votes. Wasn't that pretty clever of a doddering old fool like me? And by the way, i got to say this also. I come in here, and I'm wearing... A shirt that probably is the the oldest old man shirt I have ever worn in my life. It looks older than you. Right. In other words, this is the typical South Florida old man's outfit. Buttons big as saucers. Right. A color I mean, not found you in You have nature. to be. I, I don't even know why I put it on. I guess it was just happened to be hanging there. You know, what do I care? I'll but be in the museum. This, you would agree, this is an old man. Now, all I ever hear in this place, oh, gee, those shirts he wears. There's nothing wrong with the shirts I wear. Now, this one, and, and what do I hear this morning? Beast. Oh, nice shirt. New shirt. Nice shirt. Oh, well, of course, compared to him, I'm a fashion player. You know, when you weigh 600 pounds, what are you going to wear beside a pup tent and an awning? Right? Right. But I, I'm almost embarrassed to wear this thing, but it's one of those you can wear on the outside of your pants. I'm starting to get like Fat Rich again now. 
I think it's the, made out of material that's illegal now. With the guayabera kind of look. You know, when you got a big fat puppy, pretend you're a Cuban man. Oh, and speaking of uh, Spicks, wow. Who was that bitch? I bet you somebody in this audience knows who that broad was last night. The, the Rican? The Rican bitch. I wish you'd have seen it. She made Roseanne, Rosanna Danis seem articulate. That, that's how she, she was talking like this about her chibi and about the, yeah. <laughs> her oh my god. And then, and she was supposed to be one of the moderators on the Brown and Black Caucus. Lester Holt was there for kind of like the chocolate brown people or whatever he is. I see. And he, he was good, like he always is. And she was supposed to be the spick moderator. Well, she wasn't satisfied with being the moderator. She was like making up her own questions, her own answers, uh, her own commentary. Really, she, you would have been so humiliated, and thank God she was Rican, because then you right. could have picked on him some more. But, See, man, where did they you. find that bitch? She was ridiculous. Rico. And she had no idea. It, it was pathetic. We're in a sad state, man. Just look around you. We're in a sad state. So, anyway, 499 votes for each on Friday. And we asked if the election were held today, who would you vote for? Uh, Wesley Clark had 344, Bush 87. I wouldn't vote 68. So the percentages were Wesley Clark had 69%, Bush 17.4, and wouldn't vote 13.6. Following that, Howard Dean, 72.1%, Bush uh, 15.4, and I wouldn't vote 12.4. So Howard Dean uh, had, let's see, a little over 3% more and Bush uh, a couple of percent less. So Dean did a little bit better than Clark in this crowd. But when I tell you what I have to say today about Howard Dean, there are going to be a lot of people unhappy. But that's okay. I don't really care. I'm not one of those suckholes that's going to come on here and pander to anybody. I'm going to tell you exactly the way I see it. Oh, poor Dennis Kucinich, man. How sad it is. Can't we get him in touch with Chuck Alfieri and get him some better looking hair? Huh? No. Why not? That's what he needs. Oh, mm -hmm. hey, look, look at this. You uh -huh. see the new yeah, background? Right, I, right. Don't, I don't read it. You can, right off the bat, starting with his squiggly little, I don't read it. Little goofball on the fax machine. Now, especially now that he puts the background on it, you're so stupid. It's like a bullet, like drawing a, an, an arrow to it. Not reading it. It's in the Schmidt can already, Schmidt head. But anyway, how many people do you think actually saw that debate last night? About 30, man. Yeah, and thank God it started after the football. And after 60 minutes, which I got the audio, by the way, about the Apollo O'Neill stuff. Now, that story should have made the front page of every newspaper in America. What page do you think it was on in the, uh, in the Sun Sentinel over the weekend? Page 30. Huh? It was on page eight. Yeah. You ready for that? Page eight. Front sour, section, no less. Grade. At least it wasn't in the sports section. Page eight. Paul O'Neill. This is the yeah. This is the bombshell, man. And that book comes out tomorrow. Ooh. The book comes out tomorrow. The name of which is, uh, let's see. What is the name of the book? Do you know what it is? Bush is a devious, Ron, evil liar. Ron Suskind writes uh, the name of the book. Just a second. It's called, uh, I don't know. I'll be gosh damn, because I didn't print out that story. Well, it's on our website in about 800 different places. But anyway, it's by David Suskind. Not David. Ron. And Paul O'Neill, the former uh, Treasury Secretary, tells it right like it is. I like when he refers to Bush during their meetings as like a blind man in a room full of deaf people. No, a deaf man in a room full of blind people, or both. Take your pick. Blind man, deaf people. Right. Unbelievable. There it is. There for you. They, they all, they all had agreed about the Iraq business long before, even before they stole the election. Yeah. And long before 9/11. And yeah. Bush kept saying, "Well, tell me how we're going to make this happen. Tell me how we're going to make this happen." And I have a letter which is on our. No, it's not on our website. It was on Lynn Samuel's website. Thank you, Lynn. A letter from some folks from an organization called the 
Project for the New American Century, better known as PNAC. Who are they? Oh, yeah. Bunch of assholes. Never heard of them. A letter to Bill Clinton, Honorable Bill Clinton, and the date of it is January 26, 1998. And some of these signees are people like Bill Bennett and uh, Richard Pearl, who's a crazy person, by the way, needs to be in a straitjacket, like uh, Sheridan on Passions. William Crystal, Donald Rumsfeld, and Paul Wolfowitz, James Woolsey, and a bunch of other goyim. And wait till we get to that. I mean, how long can you be stupid? You know, we, I read that article about the S-word. How long can the American public continue being stupid? Oh, that's right. Clarence was just in here before. That should be a good answer to my question. Well, we were talking about important things, not talking about world events, which is a little bit beyond his scope. Talking about things that really matter. If I can find it in here. Sports! That's it. 10-13 at 5.60. WQM will get to the poll result. Look at all the people that want to have dinner with me because I think they th I'm going to buy. Surprise! Hey, if you're planning on replacing your carpets because they look like crap, or maybe you're thinking about having your carpeting or area rugs or drapery professionally cleaned, don't play Russian roulette with all them carpeting that cost a hell of a lot of money. Do the smart thing like I've been doing for over 20 long, amazing years in my house. Call the professionals at Dry Concepts, and they'll make them look just like brand new. They have only certified trained technicians who really know their stuff, no axe murderers. And they'll make your carpets look like brand new because they dry clean your carpets, sucking out even the deep down dirt in the fibers of your carpet, making them, like I said, look like you just paid for brand new and had it laid the other day. And they also are set the standard for everybody else to follow because nobody in the world can make them look so great. And they're dry in a couple of hours. They smell lemony fresh. You're going to be amazed at the stupendous job they do for you. And if you call now, you can ask how you can save 15% on your next carpet cleaning, too, at Dry Concepts. Call them toll-free, 1-800-248-5071. 1-800-248-5071. Now that the holidays are over, be a great time to get your house back in order, looking just like brand new again with our friends at Dry Concepts. Check them out on the web if you like it, dryconcepts.com. Tell them that old Neil told you to call 1-800-248-5071. Live, live, and local. We are Sports Radio 560. QA. QA. American Girls. And American guys who only listen to the message from the Uber ride will have their cable talk flying. As the troops come home dead, they find the comfort of denial hiding under the bed. I never served in the army, I'm too afraid to fight. So I sit right here near the TV, far from liberal lies. Under the covers you'll discover I'm a big sissy who would prefer to have some other do the fighting for me. Now this country I love is occupying Iraq. And all the suckers like me, whose necks are red in the back, have our tongues all placed firmly in Bush's big brown eye. The big mouth cowards of the world who gladly follow blind. Hey, Uncle Sam, I'm too afraid to fight or enlist. But you can count on me to watch TV and shake my fist. And my flag will fly from the back of my truck. Like an idiotic, pseudo-patriotic dumb And my view of the whole wide world is what I see on Fox News. Yeah, I'm an armchair warrior who knows better than you.
I'm an inbred jerk who parrots anything they say. Don't have to read or research. It's so much easier this way to watch TV or look at pictures in USA Today with my finger up my ass. As I tickle my brain, hey Uncle Sam, I'm too afraid to fight or enlist. But you can count on me to watch TV and shake my fist as I lower my slide. So I can pull out my foot to proudly show the swastika tattooed on my nuts. The Saudis are our best friends in the world, not those Iraqis or Jews. Oi! Yeah, I'm an armchair warrior who knows better than you. Ten nineteen at five sixty WQM. Thirteen hundred and seventy three votes on the third poll on Friday, so that means we had almost twenty four hundred votes between the three polls. All right. What's wrong with that? Nothing. What well known person would you like to have dinner with? We asked. Bill Clinton, I couldn't catch Bubba. I beat Tracy Lords. I beat the pants off that bitch, which a lot of guys would like to take the pants off that bitch, but nevertheless, Bill Clinton, 305, Neil Rogers, 256, because they assume I'm buying. Right? Aren't you? No. Oh. Tracy Lords, 149, Michael Moore, 110, Gloria Steinem, 108. I'm really uh, suspicious of that, aren't you? Could that be the, could <laughs> that be the crank vote of the day? Gloria Steinem, 108. Wow. Mel Brooks, 66, Jack Nicholson, 64, Hugh Hefner, 55, they want to hear all of his bedtime stories. The Dalai Lama, 40, why? I don't know. Arnold Schwarzenegger, 39, Johnny Depp had almost About 30, man. 27 for Johnny. Dennis Leary, 25, O.J., 22, he was tied with Robert Duvall. I always think when I think of Robert Duvall, I always think of O.J., 22. <laughs> Larry David, oh, I did see who Larry David was on a, uh, a promo for that awful show. Yeah. And you're right. Larry David and uh, Keith Richards each had 20, same person. Stevie Tyler and Francis Ford Coppola each had 10. Benicio Del Toro had 9. Marlon Brando, 8. And Robert Blake, Roberto Blake, had 8. Yes. Unless, of course, maybe they'd like to get some phone numbers and find huh? That's why George had mine. <laughs> He'd like to get the phone number. Some tips. That's right. Maybe make a few suggestions how to get it done. And maybe, uh, maybe a suggestion <laughs> for a nice Italian restaurant to eat at while it's getting uh, <laughs> business taken care of, too. Anyway, so that's a result from uh, on Friday. Now, I'm taking a poll today, assuming that maybe a few people, <laughs> guarantee. Look at the phone. Is this a Ooh. phenomenal response? It's been that way since I sat down here. I'm just, uh, and you want to know why? It's not where it's not on. It's not on? It, I'm crunching. There's nothing happening. You know what? This is exactly, precisely the same Real. thing that happened when I was here in November. The speakers sound like crap. The phone doesn't work. I'm punching up all the buttons. Nothing is happening. I knew that somebody, even a crank, would have to be calling. The whole phone thing is screwed up. There's there's no show here. Let me reset it. Let me call Air Canada and see what time I can get out of here. I know there's a flight at 11. I mean, well, what's the point? Oh, Neil, it's so great. You come back here, and then nothing works in this fugue place, huh? So now we've got to reset the phone, and you want to know why? I'll say it again, and I'll say it right to their face, because we got a couple of weak-kneed, in, 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 whatever the hell you call them, okay? We need middle-level management people who cannot make this place work. That's the problem. That is the freaking problem. They let this, the, these two rooms here are like a playground, a circus on a weekend. Well, we got ball games. We got the hockey game. We got this game. We got games up the ass, baby. 
That's what we got here. Games up the ass in the gizzard. And as a result, this is every time you come in here on a Monday morning, whether it's me or anybody comes in here, it's the same old turd, same old crap. Now, what are you doing in there? I uh, reset it. Give uh, it a shot. Is it still got to do something? Because it's not doing anything here. This is dead or in a doornail. Uh, I think uh, George Corso done it. I think the dog done it. I've got news for her. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and play fast and loose for four hours without a phone that works after uh, six years, without a working apparatus. Seven months I went, I didn't take a single phone call. They hated it. So now I'm sitting here ready to like, because uh, I'd like to find out who the broad was there on that debate, that, that the Rican broad. Somebody must have seen it. I mean, that, that's somebody's idea. See, the Democrats are busy destroying themselves. Here Paul O'Neill comes out with a bombshell of the century. He brings, and, and the author of this book, this uh, David Suskind, or whatever is it, Ron, why do I keep saying that? He's dead. Ron Suskind. Who's that in the doorway? Who's uh, standing there? Oh, it's Muff. Well, he'll fix it. Uh, he's got thousands of pages of documents. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. Did you see the piece last night? No. Because I've got the audio. And I might Good. play Well, I might play it just over and over You're again well. the way things are going right now. What is he asking you? Do I need to fix it? Or we're going to reset the computer in there and see no, if No, no, we don't need to fix it. We'll just wait. Where's that thing, that magic wand that you play? What is that? Oh, on it's, uh, oh it's on another bank. Might be in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to wave a magic wand. We don't need an engineer. We just need uh, a miracle is what we need. We need a prayer. There's Fix-It standing in the doorway right now with his nice new hairdo. Boy, you look Go ahead, worse. Press, the, press the button and see what happens. Okay. Nothing. Okay. Absolutely nothing. Right. Zero. Nothing. Not a little bit. Not a tinkle. Not a vibration. Not a uh, flicker. Nothing. Zero. Zippity-doo-dah. Now, let me ask you something. It must have been working on Friday because I did sure. the show on Friday in Toronto. Right. And everything on both ends was mm-hmm. working just A-OK, just fine. Right. But over the weekend, this is a playground. This is Greg Reed's play, sports playground on a weekend. And everybody in this building comes in here, including people that haven't got any idea where their ass is, and they dick with stuff. Now, you're pointing at yourself. You did this? Oh, well, don't take credit for it. Unless you got another job lined up. Mole, get your ass fired. Well, yeah. why should you be different from yeah, anybody right. else? Although you're not fat yet, so if you can put a few pounds on. He likes getting fat guys fired. You know, the beast, Zach. Although Carolyn wasn't fat and she wasn't a guy. But nevertheless. So there, call, call in right now, okay? Let's see if we, if we get enough calls, maybe they'll blow through the equipment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is so typical. I, I, and you know what? I didn't want to say it, but I knew it. You notice when I came in here, I wasn't in the most chipper of moods because uh, I knew what was going to happen. There was no doubt in my mind. And there's Duff in the doorway. Oh, you need to fix it? No, we're going to just sit here and we're just going to take the goddamn phone and set it on fire is what we're going to do. Duff, we're going to smash it. So, in other words, you rebooted it and it didn't do anything. I reset the system, but uh, your computer still isn't doing anything. We're going to have to reset your computer, and maybe that'll fix it and maybe it won't. And maybe it won't, and then maybe I'll just play music all day. Serve them right. I organized the CDs behind you. You'll notice that there are no uh, empty gaps in all the music Excellent. CDs are alphabetized. Excellent. All the music, all the hits, all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Six Carpenter CDs back there. Wow. And none of them have uh, the one song that I wanted. What was that? For no, all I we know? Yeah, yeah. Really? I think that's the one. Oh, that's a very depressing, morbid song. It would fit right in with this place today. Now, what is that? What was that? Was that his cell phone going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, if I could tell you how much I hate that. 
everywhere you are, you're sitting there having dinner or whatever, wherever you might be at a ball game and all that, you hear blah, 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 all these little tones going off and everybody with a cell phone. And now that we got the fancy schmancy cell phones that you can do everything with. You can watch uh, porno flicks on it. You can, you can see what your mother-in-law is doing, uh, you know, with the, with the, uh, postman, all, all the other stuff. You just, it's great. It's like Alistair on Passions. You can watch what everybody else in town is doing. So I'm just bringing the proceedings to a halt. I'll give you the new poll. That'll give you something to do anyway. Because I do want to talk about uh, that debate last night. I'm sure some people saw it, the one in uh, Iowa. It was the brown and black debate. I see. Because, no, we know they got a lot of uh, minorities in Iowa. About 30, man. And many in Vermont. About 30, man. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get that carried away. It's in, uh, in Vermont, maybe. Yeah. So when Al Sharpton attacked Dean, but the only problem with that is that Dean now is like so much on the defensive that he's losing it. He is so, so weak and so lame. He's just fallen off. Uh, he's, he's just fallen off course. And I can see it slipping through his fingers badly. Now, wouldn't you think if you're going to be in a debate on minority issues that you would know that somebody was going to ask you about your record in Vermont and were there any minority members in your cabinet? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be likely one of the questions that somebody was going to ask you since they're asking each other questions if they're trying to nail your ass to the wall? Of course it would be. Was he prepared to answer the question? No. Of course not. Bada beep, bada boop, bada boop, fumbling and bumbling again with that uh, jaw, that thing with his jaw. What is that thing with his jaw? I don't know. What are you talking about? Does he do it side no, to side? No, he's, like he's got like a fat jaw or something. He just, I don't know. See, I'm trying really hard to like him again, which I always have liked him. In fact, I was one of the first ones to like him, but uh, he's starting to scare the crap out of me now. And the one that I do like a lot is Dennis Kucinich. Haven't I been saying that consistently? Mm-hmm. He says the, he tells it like it is. He's the one that brought up the thing about Paul O'Neill and his book coming out and the fact that O'Neill says that uh, the Bush, the Bushites had the Iraq attack all set up long before 9-11, which is why they had to make up all these lies to justify going in there. And one of the things they want to know about is how we divvy up the oil, by the way. I can't wait to get a hold of that book tomorrow. What's it called? Something. <laughs> 28 past 10 at 560. It's a picnic. Join us. Oh. Bring the ants. Bring all the goddamn silverware. Oh. Plastic, of course. Because we're having a freaking party here at QM where nothing ever works. It's the same old crap. Just never, ever going to stop. You think it'll ever stop? I hate this place. Yeah. Nothing works here. Amen. The medications don't work. I've been here for seven years. Nothing works here. I hate this place. Nothing works here. The medications don't work. I've been here for seven years. I hate this place. Nothing works here. Absolutely. 1029 at 560 WQM, the home of absolute technical incompetence. Hey, if your car ain't working exactly the way it should, you got like a problema or maybe a couple, EF Terran Auto Repair, these are the people you want to trust your car to because there are no rip-offs, no scams. They know exactly what they're doing. You'll find them at 5083 North Federal Highway, just a mile and a half north of Sample Road in Pompano Beach. At EF Terran Auto Repair, experience the difference that experience makes. All EF mechanics are ASE certified technicians current with all the latest technology and must have been with the EF team for nearly 20 long, excruciating years. The EF team has got over 200 combined years of experience, and no job is too big or too small for EF. From a blown fuse to a blown engine to a blown program director, from a 73 Toyota or an 04 Bentley, EF Terran Auto Repair does it all. All jobs are meticulously double-checked for accuracy by the shop foreman, and every single car is cleaned upon completion of the work. EF honors most extended warranties. They offer you wide weight service and most repairs. So when you get your car back, it'll be just like brand new. EF Terran Auto Repair at 5083 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach. Call them at 954 
426-9926. Be sure to ask about their 90 days, same as cash, no interest credit card when you talk to our friends at EF2. That's EF Tire and Auto Repair, nationally recognized as one of the most successful, one of the bestest automotive repair facilities in the entire USA. And don't forget it, EF, their motto is, nobody cares more and nobody will work harder to earn your business. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. They're glamorous. They're lawbreakers. And now you can look just like they do with Celebrity Mugshot Photographers. Celebrity Mugshot Photographers can make you look like a star after a three-day bender and a serious auto accident. I want to look like uh, Nick Nolte. Sure. Just dump this motor oil on your head, put on this filthy Hawaiian shirt, and scowl. I want to look like Glenn Campbell. Sure. Just dump this motor oil on your head, put on this filthy golf shirt, and scowl. Celebrity mugshot photographers can make you look like any of your favorite criminal celebrities. Whether it's Winona Judd, Winona Ryder, George Clinton, Robert Downey Jr., or the ever-popular Michael Jackson. Okay, put on this white makeup, this red lipstick, this black eyeliner, this prosthetic nose, and scowl. Wow, I look like a million bucks. Or more like ten million to keep a kid from testifying in court. <laughs> Celebrity mugshot photographers, where we'll make you look like the rich and infamous in a flash. 26 to 11 at 560 WQM. So anyway, our poll question is today, regardless of which candidate you support, try to separate your emotion from your answer, although I know most of you won't. Regardless of which candidate you support, which contender is best articulating your views? They're all full of Schmidt, 13, Dean, 13, Kucinich, 8, Clark, 8, Bush, 3, Kerry, 2, Sharpton, 2, Edwards, 2, Gebhardt, 1, Lieberman, 1, and Mosley Braun's got the big oh. zero. In fact, that's what uh, Bush used to call Paul O'Neill, the big... Oh! Did you know that? No. In fact, look at the schedule. He's got a show tonight, 8 to 10, the big... Oh! Yeah, he's going to talk about uh, money and sports. Yeah. He is kind of a buffoon, but nevertheless... Just wait till this book comes out tomorrow. I might just read the whole book on here. It won't do any good. Farting in the wind again. Okay, we're uh, rebooting our thing here. Where this, uh, there it goes. Maybe something's going to happen. You think? Uh, you can try. Uh, or not, as the case may be. It's just a matter of moments, and we'll see if we're going to have any calls tonight. If we're going to have all music today on the Neil Rogers Show. Take a look at that schedule. Oh, I see Dave Hyde took a shot at his good buddy, my friend the Humper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you asshole, Dave Hyde. Running and hiding. It's another one of those columns he writes when he's got nothing to write about. Have all these great football games going on. What does he write? Another one of these, uh, you know. Well, I don't know what to write about, so I'll just uh, write a, you know, a few random thoughts. You're an idiot, Dave. And one of the thoughts he puts in there is, "Don't you want to hear a lot more of Boog Shambi?" Now, isn't that nice? I mean, Hank just got over. He just came back Friday. I heard a little bit of me. Sounded like I was on death's door. Had a bad case of the flu. Been sick as a dog. Was out for four days last week. And his close personal buddy, Dave Hyde, takes a shot. Don't you want to hear a lot more of Boog Shambi? No. No, on the ball games, yes, but on a talk show, no. But what a low. And you know something? This thing is just sitting there. You know where it says Microsoft Windows 98? Yeah, I'm going to have to go uh, activate, what? It. activate it. By Do doing something. what? Diddling it. Oh, no, wait a minute. What? There's the green screen. Uh-oh. There's the cursor and the uh, the the worser and the purser, <laughs> huh? You never know. I th I think this is exciting enough. It deserves a little bit of a drum roll of myself. <laughs> What's the password, dummy? Oh, just escape out of that thing. Just to escape. 
hit escape on what? Oh, on the keyboard you can't reach. Jesus. <laughs> Are you crazy? Okay, I got, I got rid of it. Wait a minute. We've updated the clock as a result of daylight savings time, which we're not on. It's on the wrong time now. It's on, uh, it says 9.30. So we're not even on the year yet. That's good. Okay, let's give it a shot. Assistant producer, here Why we go. Okay. This is pretty exciting. Hey, Marconi's in the other room. He's uh, he's embarrassed by this. Hey, Guglielmo, bring some lunch, will you? And speaking of bring lunch, don't anybody bring any food in here? That was one of the first things I heard from our asshole salespeople, Skippy. Well, Jeff would like to bring in some food. No, no. Good luck to you, Jeff. You'll need it. But the answer is no. I got my Interex diabetic, and it's great. Okay, let's uh, click on that uh, assistant. Huh? I did. And nothing happened? It's working. Uh, there you go. What do you mean it's working? I see a big thing up there. I don't see any dots. I don't see any anything yet. It's, oh, they're coming to that, and there's the phone. There we go. Let's hear it. All right. WQAM. Yeah, speak to Neil, please. Speaking. Hey, will the Mad Dog be on today? The Mad Dog will be on at 2, baby. Thank you, Neil. All right. Mad Dog at 2. The Humper at Four Chulas is going to rip Dave Hyde an ass, and deservedly so. Come on, rip him an ass, for the Humper. I'll tune in to hear that. You got Hurricane Hotline at 7. The big oh. Paul O'Neill at 8. Eddie K at 10 and Joe and Mark overnight. So there you go. The phone is working like a charm. And again, isn't he always telling you, Muff, oh, nobody's supposed to be in that room. Nobody. Oh, right. Please. Right. You're so full of crap stuff. It's coming out of every pore in your body. I hope the doctor found it, okay, when, he had your, when you had your physical again this morning for the umpteenth time. Talk about a hypochondriac. This guy goes to the doctor more than all the people at Cemetery Village put together. And then has to come in here and give me a, a whole report. Well, my heart is good and my, uh, great. I'm real happy for you, okay? But in the meantime, everything in here sucks. Jesus Christ. Well, nobody's supposed to be in there. How about putting like a padlock on it? How about getting something done in here? Clarence, you little simpleton wimp with your sports, with your silly ball games. Yeah, he's squeezing it all day. He's got a football in there and he sits there and squeezes it all day and the football too. That's what he does for about a hundred grand a year. 140. WQAM. You lost your audience. WQAM, hello. QAM, hello. Anybody see that debate last night? Yes, sir. Yeah, how you doing? Okay. Listen, um, just, just one thing for you. If you don't live in this country, why would you care about what's going on oh, here? Oh, the, the same stuff again. Oh, my God. I do live in this country, sir. I'm here right now, okay, asshole, just so I could be with you. <laughs> Same. See what I'm saying about them? Oh, They've got it written on a 3 by 5 card. On their arm. Yeah, just like Memento. WQAM. Hey, Neil, God. Yes, sir. So you return to your Garden of Eden, huh? Yeah, Garden of Eden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, um, on the um, on the thing with Paul O'Neill, the, the, the interesting thing is that with Ronald Reagan's uh, administration, you know, he had that Teflon that no one could penetrate. Yeah. His term, but it wasn't until uh, until his former uh, Treasury Secretary Donald Regan wrote his book right and and gave away the way or, or gave away the shoddy you know procedures in the, in the in the Reagan White House the way that he used to you know sleep through meetings things like that and that was really the first chink in the armor if you know what I'm saying yeah and, yeah and, chinks in the White House yeah chinks, <laughs> yeah more, in more ways than one maybe it was takeout yeah exactly hey hey one other thing also the beast actually grew a pair yesterday afternoon on the yeah. Yeah, he actually was talking about Mo and, and, and was actually being honest for once. What did he say? No, he was he was talking about he was talking about the way that Mo had had actually you know uh, told him the F word in the hallway and stuff like that. He was talking about the background of 
of the way that, that he, he was inspired, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah, he actually, he actually. Well, that's just, good. See, the beast, even though he's uh, blown up like a goddamn bull, a uh, bufo toad, he, at least he's one of the few people in this building got some balls. He's got a pair. You can't find him, but he's got a pair. And who the hell would want to? Have a great day, Pally. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT. We got an even hundred votes on there, which is a miracle in this joint. Regard, I, I'm telling you, I cannot do the show here. It doesn't work. This place doesn't work. Well, I knew that. I mean, the idea that I'm going to have to every time I come here, I got to go through thirty five minutes of uh, technical embarrassment and uh, you know waiting for some miracle to happen and resetting this and rebooting that and having uh, uh, fix it come in here and you know do a airplane spin voodoo witchery. Jesus Christ. What an embarrassment, man. This is the Greg Reed School. That guy from the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. He, no, no wonder we run his spots, man. He fit in perfect in this place. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Isn't his name Dick? Yes. Yeah, figures. 106 votes, regardless of which candidate you support. Which contender is best articulating your views? Do you understand the question? No. See, there could be a difference, no. but I don't think there will be. They're all full of Schmidt, 29. I'm starting to believe that one, except for Kucinich. I, I mean, granted, he looks like crap. You're looking at me, you want to laugh. But he's great. He is absolutely right on target. He got my vote on this. Fullishman, 29. Clark, 23. Uh, Dean, rather, 23. Clark, 15. Kucinich, 13. Sharpton, 8. Bush, 7. Edwards, 3. Kerry, 3. Lieberman, 2. Gebhardt, 2. And Carol Mosley Braun, she's got one. Oh. That's probably bigger than the one they got, too. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. U-A-U-A-M. Spider hole, spider hole, caught sat down in a spider hole, and he looked really weird, with long hair and a beard. He was hiding just like a mole. Take a sniff, smell the stench, you might almost think he's French. His facial hair is not so nice, check it carefully for lice. Hey you! There goes the great Saddam. Yeah, the doctor said... Saddam opened wide, but he couldn't find any weapons inside. Spider hole, spider hole, that is where we found this troll. Raised his hands and wet himself, very soon he will rot in hell. At last, President Bush is so glad, because they found this scumbag down in a spider hole. 1046. So anyway, I saw that debate last night, like I started to say about 45 minutes ago until we got everything working here. And Howard Dean is imploding. I know that comes as bad news to you, but the fact of the matter is he is imploding. And after the, sh after the debate, uh, Chris Matthews and, uh, and, uh, what's his name? Lester Holt. Oh. We're talking to him. And they talked to some of the other people, Sharpton and a few of the others. And uh, when he asked him that, he's got all these pat answers, like on 3x5 cards now. And I guess because his aides are so afraid that if he speaks spontaneously, he's always going to blurt out something, uh, you know, and, and, and then they'll make a big simmons about it. So he just gives pat answers to everything. Like, well, uh, you know, now that you're the front runner and they're all attacking you, well, there's only one front runner, and that's George Bush with his $210 million in campaign contributions, and the underdog here is the American public. How many times have we heard him say that? About 30, man. The same trite responses now. What happened to the gutsy, ballsy Howard Dean? This is this is what happens when the handlers get a hold of these guys and when they try to shut them up and not make any mistakes, when they try to play it safe like Green Bay did yesterday. Play it safe and you wind up losing. I'm afraid he might turn out to be the Green Bay Packers of politics. Ooh. Yeah. What does that mean? That means loser. <laughs> loser, that's what it means. Lose, blowing it, blowing the lead. 
In other words, what I'm trying to say is he wishes the Iowa caucus would have been about a week ago, but it didn't happen. This is a letter. In fact, it's going to be on our website. I guarantee you that because I uh, faxed it to Eric. Project for the New American Century, and the date of this letter is January 26, 1998. And the letter is written to, this is from PNAC, to the Honorable William J. Clinton, Bubba. Dear Mr. President, dear Bubba, we are writing you because we're convinced that current American policy toward Iraq is not succeeding and that we may soon face a threat in the Middle East more serious than any we've known since the end of the Cold War. In your upcoming State of the Union address, you have an opportunity to chart a clear and determined course for meeting this threat. We urge you to seize that opportunity and to enunciate a new strategy that would secure the interest of the U.S. and our friends and allies around the world. This strategy should aim, above all, at the removal of Saddam Hussein's regime from power. We stand ready to offer our full support in this difficult but necessary endeavor. Keep in mind, January 26, 1998. The policy of containment of Saddam Hussein has been steadily eroding over the past several months. As recent events have demonstrated, we can no longer depend on our partners in the Gulf War Coalition to continue to uphold the sanctions or to punish Saddam when he blocks or evades UN inspections. Our ability to ensure that Saddam Hussein is not producing weapons of mass destruction, therefore, has substantially diminished. Even if full inspections were eventually to resume, which now seems highly unlikely, experience has shown that it is difficult, if not impossible, to monitor Iraq's chemical and biological weapons production. The lengthy period during which the inspectors will have been unable to enter many Iraqi facilities has made it even less likely they'll be able to uncover all of Saddam's secrets. As a result, in the not-too-distant future, we'll be unable to determine with any reasonable level of confidence whether Iraq does or does not possess such weapons. Such uncertainty will by itself have a seriously destabilizing effect on the entire Middle East. It hardly needs to be added that if Sodom does not acquire the capability to deliver weapons of mass destruction, as he's almost certain to do if we continue along the present course, the safety of American troops in the region of our friends and allies like Israel and the moderate Arab states and a significant portion of the world's supply of oil will all be put at hazard. As you have rightly declared, Mr. President, the security of the world in the first part of the 21st century will be determined largely by how we handle this threat. Given the magnitude of the threat, the current policy, which depends for its success upon the steadfastness of our coalition partners and upon the cooperation of Saddam Hussein, is dangerously inadequate. The only acceptable strategy is one that eliminates the possibility that Iraq will be able to use or threaten to use weapons of mass destruction. In the near term, this means a willingness to undertake military action as diplomacy is clearly failing. In the long term, it means removing Saddam Hussein and his regime from power. That now needs to become the aim of American foreign policy. We urge you to articulate this aim and to turn your administration's attention to implementing a strategy for removing Saddam's regime from power. This will require a full complement of diplomatic, political, and military efforts. Although we're fully aware of the dangers and difficulties in implementing this policy, we believe the dangers of failing to do so are far greater. We believe the U.S. has the authority under existing U.N. resolutions to take the necessary steps, including military steps, to protect our vital interest in the Gulf. In any case, American policy cannot continue to be crippled by a misguided insistence on unanimity in the U.N. Security Council. We urge you to act decisively. If you act now to end the threat of weapons of mass destruction against the U.S. or its allies, you'll be acting in the most fundamental national security interest of the country. If we accept the course of weakness and drift, we put our interest and our future at risk. Sincerely, Elliot Abrams, Richard Armitage, William J. Bennett, Jeffrey Bergner, uh, and a bunch of other names, William Crystal, Richard Pearl, Donald Rumsfeld, Paul Wolfowitz, uh, Jim, James Woolsey, and a bunch of other lunatics. January 26, 1998. And speaking of those weapons of mass destruction, Right on the heels yeah. of the right on the heels of the announcement of uh, Paul O'Neill's uh, damning uh, condemnations of Bush and uh, him letting all of this stuff out of the closet about the Iraq attack. Oh, the Danish inspector, our friends, the Danes, Danish soldiers have uncovered uh, chemical weapons in Iraq. 
and come to find out it's a bunch of 10-year-old canisters of mustard gas that you couldn't kill a fruit fly with. Very deep underground. And they, they showed the pictures the other day, so uh, they, they Schmidt-canned that pretty fast. Oh, we got it. Oh, we don't got it. Well, we thought we had it. We got yeah. it. And, of course, it wasn't us. It wasn't the Americans that found it. It was the Danes. We See? got it. We it got was it. the Danes. Because we know that if the Americans found it, somebody would have questioned, well, they planted it, but the Danes found a bunch of old mustard gas canisters leaking. About as effective as farting in a windstorm. Yeah, that, even that would be more dangerous, especially if Mo cut it. So how do you like that? So they tried to float that out there. That didn't work. Now the deal is, well, Paul O'Neill at Sour Grapes because he got fired, and he's got no credibility anyway. We wouldn't listen to him when he was Secretary of Treasury. Why would anybody listen to him now? Right. Here is that letter I just read from PNAC, the Project for a New American Century. There's enough evidence here in a court of law to impeach this whole bunch, not just Bush, but this whole bunch of grave robbers around him. More of your liberal lies. They all had this planned out, like we told you before, in the late 90s. This was part of the game plan. And the thing that really I find very disturbing, along with everything else, if you read the uh, stuff that O'Neill was saying, in those meetings he kept, uh, when he was being advised about uh, Saddam Hussein and about the Iraq attack and all this other, he kept saying, well, uh, that's great, but you've got to find me a way to do this. Find me a way to do this. In other words, find a way that we can invade Iraq that will be palatable and accepted by the American public. And then along came 9-11. I'm not hmm. making any suggestion, you understand. Of course not. But along came 9-11. How do you like that? Are you suggesting? And, of course, it wasn't the Iraqis. It was our good Saudi friends who were all involved in 15 out of the 19 anyway. And those are family friends. Right. That's right. And you don't mess with family. Now, report blisters Bush's handling of the terror war. A scathing new report published by the Army War College broadly criticizes the Bush administration's handling of the war on terrorism, accusing it of taking a detour into an unnecessary war in Iraq and pursuing an unrealistic quest against terrorism that may lead to U.S. wars without with states that pose no serious threat. And let me just interject that yesterday the crazy ass lunatic Richard Pearl was on making the rounds on all the shows. And he was on there with Wolf Blitzkrieg going on about Lebanon and about Syria and Iran. If it's up to these people, we'll be at war with the whole goddamn world. Right. Sounds like WW3 to me, for fun and profit, of course. Profit, lots of profit. The report by visiting Professor Jeffrey Record, who was on the faculty of the Air War College at Maxwell Air Force Base, Alabama, warns that as a result of those mistakes, the Army is near the breaking point. It recommends, among other things, scaling back the scope of the global war on terrorism and instead focusing on the narrow threat posed by the Al-Qaeda terrorist network. What a concept. The global war on terrorism is as currently defined and waged is dangerously indiscriminate and ambitious, and accordingly, its parameters should be readjusted, record rights. Currently, he adds, the anti-terrorism campaign is strategically unfocused, prom promises more than can deliver, and threatens to dissipate U.S. military resources in an endless and hopeless search for absolute security. And don't forget, of course, about the man on the moon. Isn't that us? And the trip to Mars. Record, a veteran defense specialist, author of six books on military strategy and related issues, was an aide to former Senator Sam Nunn when the Georgia Democrat was chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee. In discussing his political background, Record also noted that in 1999, while on the staff of the Air War College, he published work critical of the Clinton administration. And it goes on and on and on. Many of Record's arguments, such as the contention that Saddam Hussein's Iraq was deterred and didn't present a threat, have been made before by critics of the administration. Iraq, he concludes, was a war of choice distraction from the war of necessity against al-Qaeda. But it's unusual to have such views published by the War College, the Army's premier academic institution. So now he's getting it from all sides of the Bushmeister. No, but he's not. You he's not? No, he's a liberal right. liar. I forgot about that. 181 votes on the poll. 
Regardless of which candidate you support, which con, uh, contender is best articulating your views, they're all full of Schmidt, 52, Dean, 40. I guess those people didn't see that debate last night. Boy, he was, seriously, he was pathetic. And don't get me wrong, I like him a lot, but he was pathetic. He was embarrassing to me. I was just aghast. Uh, Clark, 25, Kucinich, 24, Sharpton, 14, Bush, 9, Kerry, 6, Edwards, 5, Gebhardt, 3, Lieberman, 2, and Mosley Braun's got one. She's got one. We haven't seen it yet, but she's got one. I like her. She's good. Got no chance. You got a Chinaman's chance. Well, why do they do it? What's the, what's the point? Because she's Doesn't a woman. She know? When she made her closing remarks, she, she said that the all-male fraternity would like to knock down that door at the White House. She's a black woman running for president, and she's uh, showing that she can do it and get a couple of votes, maybe. About 30, man. Yeah. Huh? Well, bless her heart. Well, I mean, why any of them do it? Why is Drew Lieberman doing it? I think I'd make oh, it. Oh, my goodness. Man. Get out of our face already, will you? Go put on your mezuzah and your, uh, your tzitzes and get out of our face already, you silly person, you. 1057 at 560. I guess nobody saw that debate last night. Thank you. Live and local. This Maybe is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. God? Let's do it. Today on Dr. Phil, it's Michael Jackson. Well, I'm glad you're here. Thank you very much. What happened? God knows in my heart how much I adore children. What went wrong here? I sleep in bed with all of them. Macaulay Culkin went little. Kieran Culkin was people on this side. Macaulay Culkin's on this side. His sister's in there. We're all just doing all kind of crazy stuff. Boy, that's just not right. He's very right. Get real. You don't sleep with uh, your kids or some other kid who needs love? Am I missing something here? My children sleep with other people all the time. I don't believe that at all. I'm telling you the honest truth. You want a piece of me? Let's take a short break and we'll come right back. He's a piece of what? That's what I thought he said. 11 o'clock at 560 WQM. Happy Monday to you. How about those ball games yesterday, huh? Fantastic. Even George enjoyed not seeing them. That was pretty damn exciting stuff all weekend long. How about those Patriots? Oh, Oh, that's right. I forgot. Most said they're lucky. Anyway, the letter to President Clinton on Iraq, the one that I read, from PNAC, the Project for the New American Century by all these uh, neocons. It's on a website right now. Nice going, Eric. Right under the right under the pole, right under that little red uh, pink thing that says "Looking for Past Articles." Click our news archives. There it is, right there. Letter to President Clinton on Iraq. Anyway, the name of the book is "The Price of Loyalty" by Ron Suskind, Pulitzer Prize winner. Ach, the Apollo Neal revelations. And I'll say it again. It wasn't just a bunch of stuff he made up. He actually provided to Ron Suskind. Thousands of pages of documents, including uh, stuff from transcripts of meetings. No. Yes. No. National security meetings, all you of lie. these things. You dirty liar. And he says that none of these meetings ever was there any evidence of any weapons of mass destruction or any of these things or any of the other allegations, the lies that were made to justify the Iraq attack. Now, do you think that they'd get really bored if I played the Leslie Stahl interview with uh, Paul O'Neill? No. A year ago, Paul O'Neill was fired from his job as George Bush's Treasury Secretary for disagreeing too many times with the president's policy on tax cuts. Tonight, O'Neill, who is known for speaking his mind, talks for the first time about his two years inside the Bush administration. His story is the centerpiece of a new book being published this week about the way the Bush White House is run. Entitled The Price of Loyalty, The book, by a former Wall Street Journal reporter, draws on interviews with high-level officials who gave the author their personal accounts of meetings with the president, their notes and documents. But the main source of the book was Paul O'Neill. 
Paul O'Neill says he's going public because he thinks the Bush administration has been too secretive about how decisions have been made. Contrary to how we practice politics today in this country, there is some market for the truth. Somebody's going to call it a kiss-and-tell book. I've come to believe that people will say damn near anything, so I'm sure somebody <laughs> will say all of that and more. O'Neill, who was George Bush's top economic policy official, says in the book that the president did not make decisions in a methodical way. There was no free flow of ideas or open debate. At cabinet meetings, he says the president was like a blind man in a room full of deaf people. There is no discernible connection forcing top officials to act on little more than hunches about what the president might think. This is what O'Neill says happened at his first hour-long one-on-one meeting with Mr. Bush. I went in with a long list of things to talk about and I thought to engage on. And as the book says, I was surprised that it turned out me talking and the president just listening. He never asked a single question. As I recall, it was, it was mostly a monologue. President Bush was disengaged, at least on domestic issues, he says, and that disturbed him. This is a photograph of President Nixon. That's me there. He told us that wasn't his experience when he worked as a top official under Presidents Nixon and Ford or the way he ran things when he was chairman of Alcoa. O'Neill readily agreed to tell his story to the book's author, Ron Suskind. O'Neill says he's taking no money for his part in the book. You interviewed how many other people? Oh, hundreds of people. Hundreds? Hundreds of people. How many other cabinet members? Um, several. Let's just say several. But O'Neill is the only one who spoke on the record. Didn't someone in this administration, high up, yeah. call him on the phone and warn him not to do this book? Yes, yes. And well, who was it? Don Rumsfeld. Was it a, a warning or a threat? I don't think so. Okay. I think it was the White House concerned, mm -hmm. understandably, because O'Neill has spent extraordinary amounts of time with the president. They said this could really be the one moment where things are revealed. And they are. Not only did O'Neill give Suskind his time, he gave him 19,000 internal documents. I mean, everything's there. Memoranda to the president, handwritten thank you notes, uh, 100-page documents, uh, stuff that's sensitive. Uh, stuff stuff that's, that's sensitive. Right, yeah. Transcripts of private meetings? Yeah, in some cases. High level? Yep. National Security Council, you don't get higher than that. And what happened at President Bush's very first National Security Council meeting is one of O'Neill's most startling revelations. In the very beginning, there was a conviction uh, that Saddam Hussein was a bad person and that he needed to go. He says that going after Saddam Hussein was topic A 10 days after the inauguration, eight months before September 11th. From the very first instance, it was about Iraq. It was about what we can do uh, to change this regime. Now, everybody else thought that grew out of 9-11. No. But this book says it was day one of this administration. Day one, these things were laid uh, and sealed. As Treasury Secretary, O'Neill was a permanent member of the National Security Council. He says in the book he was surprised at the meeting that questions such as why Saddam and why now were never asked. It's all about finding a way to do it. That was the tone of it. 
the president saying, go find me a way to do this. For me, uh, the notion of, of preemption, that the U.S. has the unilateral right uh, to do whatever we decide to do, is a, is a really huge leap. And that and came up on, uh, at this first meeting. It did. O'Neill told us the discussion of Iraq continued at the next National Security Council meeting two days later. He got briefing materials under this cover sheet. There are memos. One of them, marked secret, says a uh, plan for post-Saddam Iraq. Nation building. Absolutely. So they discussed an occupation of Iraq. In January and February of, the, of 2001. Based on his interviews with O'Neill and several other officials at the meetings, Susskind writes that the planning envisioned peacekeeping troops, war crimes tribunals, and even divvying up Iraq's oil wealth. Susskind obtained this Pentagon document, dated March 5, 2001, entitled Foreign Suitors for Iraqi Oil Field Contracts. It includes a map of potential areas for exploration. It talks about um, contractors uh, uh, around the world from, you know, 30, 40 countries, and which ones have what intentions or... On oil. On oil in Iraq. During the campaign, candidate Bush had criticized the Clinton-Gore administration for being too interventionist. If we don't stop extending our troops all around the world uh, and nation-building missions, then we're going to have a serious problem coming down the road, and I I'm going to prevent that. The president had just run a campaign about being humble and not engaging in, in nation-building. The thing that's most surprising, I think, is how emphatically, from the very first, this administration had said X during the campaign, but from the first day was often doing Y, not just saying Y, but actively moving toward the opposite of what they had said during the election. But the president had promised to cut taxes, and he did. Within six months of taking office, he pushed a trillion dollars worth of tax cuts through Congress. This is significant, and this is only the beginning. But O'Neill thought it should have been the end. After 9-11 and the war in Afghanistan, the budget deficit was growing. So, at a meeting with the vice president after the midterm elections in 2002, Susskind writes that O'Neill argued against a second round of tax cuts. Cheney, at this moment, shows his hand. He says, you know, Paul, Reagan proved that deficits don't matter. We won the midterm elections. This is our due. We earned it. Exactly. What does O'Neill think? O'Neill is, is um, speechless. It was not just about not wanting to tax that way, it was about how to use the nation's resources to improve the condition of our society. And I thought the weight of working on Social Security and fundamental tax reform was a lot more important than a tax reduction. Did you think it was, it was irresponsible? In, well, it, it's for sure not what I, I would have done. O'Neill accuses Vice President Dick Cheney of not being an honest broker, but with a handful of others, part of a Praetorian Guard that encircled the president to block out contrary views. O'Neill says this is the way Dick likes it. Meanwhile, the White House was losing patience with O'Neill. 
he was becoming known for a series of off-the-cuff remarks his critics called gaffes. One of them sent the dollar into a nosedive and required major damage control. Twice during stock market meltdowns, O'Neill was not available to the president. He was out of the country, one time on a trip to Africa with the Irish rock star Bono. Africa made an enormous splash. It was like a road show. He comes back and the president uh, says to him um, at a meeting, says, you know, you're getting quite a cult following. And uh, it clearly uh, was not a joke. And it was not said in jest. It was. Suskind writes that the relationship grew more tense and that the president took a jab at O'Neill in public at an economic forum in Texas. And I'm just honored to be sitting beside one of my heroes. Who, <laughs> <Blue> O'Neill? <laughs> we found one, O'Neill. <laughs> the two men were never close. O'Neill was not amused when Mr. Bush began calling him the Big O. Oh! He thought the president's habit of giving people nicknames was a form of bullying. Everything came to a head for O'Neill at a November 2002 meeting at the White House of the economic team. Well, it's a huge meeting. You've got Dick Cheney uh, from the, you know, secure location on the video. The oh. president is there. Suskind, who was given a nearly verbatim transcript by someone who attended the meeting, says everyone expected Mr. Bush to rubber stamp the plan under discussion, a big new tax cut. But according to Suskind, the president was perhaps having second thoughts about cutting taxes again and was uncharacteristically engaged. He asked, um, haven't we already given money to rich people? This second tax cut's going to do it again. The president himself says, but we already gave it to the rich people? Yes. He says, why are we doing we already, it again? Why are we doing it again? Why are we doing it again? Now, his advisors, they say, well, Mr. President, uh, the upper class, they're the entrepreneurs. That's the standard response. And the president kind of goes, okay, that's the response. And then he comes back to it again. Well, shouldn't we be giving money to the middle? Won't people be able to say you did it once and then you did it twice and what was it good for? But according to the transcript, White House political advisor Carl Rove jumped in. Carl Rove is saying to the president a kind of mantra, stick to principle, stick to principle. He says it over and over again. And he's saying stick and don't waver. Don't waver. In the end, the president didn't. And nine days after that meeting, in which O'Neill made it clear he could not publicly support another tax cut, the vice president called and asked him to resign. With the deficit now climbing toward $400 billion, O'Neill maintains he was in the right. But look at the economy today. Yep. Can't the White House say, look, we were right and O'Neill was wrong? Well, uh, in the last quarter, the growth rate was 8.2%. Wow. It was terrific. Is it because of the tax cut? Uh, I think the tax cut made a difference. But without the tax cut, we would have had 6% real growth and the prospect of dealing with transformation of Social Security and fundamentally fixing the tax system. And to me, those were compelling competitors for against more tax cuts. While in the book, O'Neill comes off as constantly appalled at Mr. Bush, he was surprised when I told him I found his portrait of the president unflattering. Oh, you really think so? I don't, you know, I, are, you, are you joking? No, no, no. I, 
you know, I... Are you teasing me? No, 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 I'm not at all. I think it my... really jumps out. Well, be darned. You're giving me the impression that you're just going to be stunned if they attack you for this book. Uh, and they're going to say, I predict, you know, it's sour grapes. He's getting back because he was fired. I, well, I think I will, I will be uh, really disappointed if they react that way because I think they'll be hard put. But are you prepared point. for it? Well, I don't think I need to be because I, I can't imagine that I'm going to be attacked for telling the truth. Why would I be attacked for telling the truth? Right. Why would anybody be attacked for telling the truth? That's from my 60-minute CBS last night, Leslie Stahl. What? Who's being naive now? Right, Okay. okay. 11.15 at 5.60 WQM. Hey, if you're fat, Katrina, the lovely Katrina's lost 15 pounds. When's the last time she hopped on it in the scale, too? I don't know. I should go run her down. Okay. Well, we'll do it this week. Anyway, if uh, one of your New Year's re resolutions, and probably it was, to lose some weight because we're all fatter in a cow, here's the answer for you, Balance for Life. It's the affordable, convenient, weight loss, and eat healthy gourmet meal delivery service. They deliver right to your door that little black sack by 6 o'clock in the morning inside Three hormonally balanced gourmet meals, two delicious snacks, even a little 16-ounce bottle of water is in there in your black sack. That's all the food you need to keep you full and happy all day long because it's fresh, it's delicious, there's plenty of it, nothing frozen, nothing prefab. And don't forget, you get to choose between two alternatives for every meal and snack every day that you're on a program. It's the only program that lets you do that. And, of course, even the famous Dr. Atkins is changing his tune. You hear what he said yesterday? <laughs> what? <laughs> Something about get me out of this box. That's right. In his new book, Age Defined Diet Revolution, he talks exclusively about zone-based principles and the glycemic index needing uh, several, uh, four to six smaller meals during the day as being the key to losing that weight. Balance for Life will help you do it. Even the beast was losing weight like crazy until he became a smartass. So if you've tried all the others and you've failed, and if you're sick and tired of being sick, lethargic, and on the verge of diabetes, you're over the edge. Call Balance for Life and make your New Year's resolution a reality finally this year. Call him today at 954-568-3229. 954-568-3229 or check them out on the web at balanceforlife.com. You'll start seeing results on that scale in just a matter of days. Here's that right number again, 954-568-3229. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM. Absolutely. Anytime they see that we're lacking in the polls, they provide a headline that will lead you by the nose. Who say they said is the one to get? Now they have only one big dick. Don't worry about Saddam, we got him. Now we're all hoping and safe, we got him. We won't attack this no more, we got him. Praise push like Jesus. Who say 9-11 is what they got you to do? Can't get any dumber than a one-party country. You believe what they say, like the gun, the fool, as they use 
1121 at 560 WQM. Happy Monday to you. So anyway, last night uh, we discovered from all the Democratic candidates, all of these weak-kneed uh, clowns, that we're going to let everybody in, all the illegal aliens, let them all pour in, give them all the right to vote, give them all a, a green card, a 57 Chevy. All of a sudden that joke. Driver license. For years. Right. <laughs> Ain't a joke. That's right. No more. Because they're all a weak-kneed. Except for Dennis Kucinich. He's the only one with any balls at all. 273 votes on the poll, regardless of which candidate you support. Oh, and of course... Uh, Dean, now the new line is, well, you know, he was against the war from the beginning. He was the only one who had the balls to stand up to Bush. But now that we're there, we're going to be there for years. And he doesn't, he doesn't refute that. Every time they throw that in his face, he just, uh, bada beep, bada boop, he doesn't refute it. Whereas Kucinich says, let's get the international peacekeeping force together. Let's get those troops home and get them out of there right away, as in like now. To which we say, by the way, another dead American soldier while we were oh, talking. Yeah. Yeah. So who's counting? That's right. That one website. 273 votes, regardless of which candidate you support. Which contender is best articulating your views? Boy, a lot of big words in there, Neil. Like, uh, is. Well, like Bubba said, it all depends on what is is. Or whiz whiz. Or what what. Anyway, they're all full of Schmidt, 89. Dean, 57. Clark, 34. Kucinich has got... About 30, man. Yeah. Which, if you saw the debate last night, you'd sure probably be voting for him, but you didn't see it. Uh, it was on MSNBC. Nobody watches it. Bush, 17. Sharpton, 16. Edwards, 12. Kerry, 10. Gebhardt, 4. Lieberman, 3. And Mosley Braun's got 3. Carroll's got 3 of them. The Scotland Sunday Herald. Thank you, by the way, Mark, for faxing this. Bush planned Iraq regime change before becoming president. I don't want to do a whole lot of reading here this week, but I just might. Today. WQAM. Hello, Neil. Yes. Hey, I want to thank you for letting us... Take a whip of that little funny smell in the bush. Yeah. All right. I want to thank you. Nobody else is doing it. Okay. All right. Hey, come to I.O., by the way, Sniff. every Thursday night or Saturday. Sniff this. <laughs> Get out of here. What's he talking about? Oh, it's one of your drug people. Hey, Mark, thanks for the good stuff, but just calm down a little bit, okay? It says, this report now, strangely forgotten, confirms the Bushies were ready to grab 9-11 as a pretext for invading Iraq within hours of the attack. They were just looking for any excuse, to which you are absolutely correct. Like I said, keep the good stuff coming, Mark. Anyway, Sunday uh, Herald in Scotland writes, Bush planned Iraq regime change before becoming president. The whole world is starting to catch on now. Huh. How come we don't have the impeachment hearings going on right away? I mean, nobody got any blowjobs. I mean, we got a whole bunch of people got blown away. But I guess that's a different story. See, that's the uh, the neocons motto is blowjobs are bad, but getting blown away or blowing somebody else away, that's even better. A secret blueprint for U.S. global domination reveals that President Bush and his cabinet were planning a premeditated attack on Iraq to secure regime change even before he took power in January 2001. The blueprint uncovered by the Sunday Herald for the creation of a global Pax Americana was drawn up by Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, Paul Wolfowitz, George W. Bush's younger brother Jeb, and Louis Libby, Cheney's chief of staff. The document entitled Rebuilding America's Defenses, Strategies, Forces, and Resources for a New Century was written in September 2000 by the neocon think tank project for the new American century, PNAC. 
The plan shows Bush's cabinet intended to take military control of the Gulf region, whether or not Saddam Hussein was in power. It says the United States has for decades sought to play a more permanent role in Gulf regional security, while the unresolved conflict with Iraq provides the immediate justification the need for a substantial American force presence in the Gulf transcends the issue of the regime of Saddam Hussein. The PNAC document supports a blueprint for maintaining global U.S. preeminence, uh, precluding the rise of a greater uh, power rival, and shaping the international security order in line with American principles and interests. This American grand strategy must be advanced for as far into the future as possible, the report says. It also calls for the U.S. to fight and decisively win multiple simultaneous major theater wars as a core mission. So that's why uh, Pearl was on yesterday talking about Lebanon and Syria and Iran and uh, maybe uh, Haiti, too, while we're at it. They're sure, pretty upset with Aristide over there. He's our, he's our butcher. Don't go to Haiti, by the way, folks. They're okay. Doing, they're doing the old Mexican thing. Now, no, seriously. No, they're, I was just about to go. They're abducting people, and they're like, uh, you know, kidnapping and butchering and robbing and uh, mutilating and all, all of those nice things. Tourists maybe that's going why, to Haiti. Maybe that's why the people in the streets are like a little revolting. Tourists going to Haiti. Ever met any revolting Haitians? The report describes American armed forces abroad as the cavalry on the new American frontier. The PNAC blueprint supports an earlier document written by Wolfowitz and Libby that said the U.S. must discourage advanced industrial nations from challenging our leadership or even aspiring to a larger regional or global role. The PNAC report also refers to key allies such as the U.K. as the most effective and efficient means of exercising American global leadership. In other words, they can be our pawn. Yeah. Well, especially since Prince Charlie's like bending down and dropping a soap all the time. Describes peacekeeping missions as demanding American political leadership rather than that of the U.N. Reveals worries in the administration that Europe could rival the USA. Says even should Saddam pass from the scene, bases in Saudi Arabia and Kuwait will remain permanently, despite domestic opposition in the Gulf regimes to the stationing of U.S. troops, as Iran may well prove as large a threat to U.S. interest as Iraq has. Spotlights China for regime change saying it is time to increase the presence of American forces in Southeast Asia. This, it says, may lead to American and allied power, providing the spur to the process of democratization in China. Calls for the creation of U.S. space forces to dominate space and the total control of cyberspace to prevent enemies using the Internet against the U.S. Hints that despite threatening war against Iraq for developing weapons of mass destruction, the U.S. may consider developing biological weapons, which the nation has banned, for decades to come. It says new methods of attack, electronic, non-lethal, biological, will be more widely available. Combat likely will take place in new dimensions in space, cyberspace, and perhaps the world of microbes. Advanced forms of biological warfare that can target specific genotypes may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror to a politically useful tool. Specific like all genotypes. Like out there, yeah. Fags, liberals, Jews. Schwarzers, and pinpoints North Korea, Libya, Syria, and Iran. Didn't I just get through saying that? Oh, I left out yes. North Korea. Well, it's obvious. As dangerous regimes and says their existence justifies the creation of a worldwide command and control system. Tom Daliel, the labor MP, father of the House of Commons, one of the leading rebel voices against the war with Iraq, said this is garbage from right-wing think tanks stuffed with chicken hawks, men who've never seen the horror of war but are in love with the idea of war, men like Cheney who were draft dodgers in the Vietnam War. This is a blueprint for U.S. world domination, a new world order of their making. These are the thought processes of fantasist Americans who want to control the world. I'm appalled that a British labor prime minister should have gotten into bed with a crew which has this moral standing, he said. I just mentioned that in passing from Sunday Scotland, Sunday Herald. Out of touch, liberal. Oh, okay. Touch this. 28 past 11 at 560 WQM. Hey, all you horse racing nuts out there and poker players, Pompano Park Racing and Card Room has got the action you're looking for. 
Just a half mile from both I-95 and the Turnpike, Pompano Park is easy to get to. And best of all, Pompano Park offers you free admission and free general parking every single day. Live harness racing in the poker room open tonight, every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, five days a week. Poker starts at noon in just a half an hour and goes on from noon to midnight. And live racing gets underway tonight at 7.05 p.m. And because it's Monday... Big night in the uh, dining room on the sixth floor in the top of the park. Every Monday night, there's a two-for-twenty-five-dollar complete dinner special. Every Wednesday night is dollar night at the track for draft beers, hot dogs, sodas, and lots more. Also, every night on the fourth floor, players' room, a seven-ninety-five plated dinner special. Next Monday, the 19th, there will be a special tribute to Martin Luther King Jr. with run race featuring African-American drivers only, plus the annual Lou Williams Memorial Race. Fat Rich will try to put you under the table during that race. Pompano Park also open seven days and nights a week for the best in simulcasting. We're talking harness, thoroughbred, highlight action from all across North America for you to watch and wager on. Pompano Park, located a block south of Atlantic Boulevard on Powerline Road. For the current racing schedule, call 954-972-2000 or go to the web at pompanopark.com. Don't forget, live racing tonight, 7.05 p.m. at Pompino Park. This is Sports Radio 560 QAM. It's been deranged for most of my life. I'm gonna change my looks, gonna make a difference, gonna be alright. As I turn on the radio, fixing up my nose, this news is blowing my mind. I've got the kids, my sheets. Spend the night with me, can't deny I'm a guide defending for perverted needs. I got a thing for tots and plastic surgery lots. I'm a one-man freak show. Follow advice from Mark here at Ghost. If I lose, I know where I'll go. And the next thing you Rectum. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make your world a better place, Michael, drop the soap and bend this way. Don't you think Howard Dean needs a chin job? Ah, he plays a mean chin ball. I like Howard a lot, but he needs, I mean, Howard Dean, that is. But he needs uh, something with that chin, huh? A makeover. You don't think? I don't, I don't know what you mean. There's something, you've got like a fat jaw. I, I, there's something, I mean, they just showed him out again with Sharpton ripping him an ass about how many uh, minorities does he, did he have in his cabinet when he was governor of Vermont five times, and he went, bada beep, bada boop, bada none. They do have a thing for that, actually. Do they? Like liposuction. Well, let's do it. Let's do it before it's too late, man, or before they have another debate, God forbid. He should do like Wesley Clark and just kind of like, well, I'm not doing this one, you know? <laughs> well, he's telling me he's busy. 312 votes, regardless of which candidate you support, which I, silly me, you know, they're not going to do that, are they? No. Uh, which contender is best articulating your views? Huh? They're all full of Schmidt, 103. Dean, 59. Clark, 39. Kucinich, 35. He was gr- great last night. In fact, the audience gave him several ovations. I mean, you know, they were doing a little applauding for the other ones. But, boy, every time he finished speaking with an answer or uh, his closing statement, uh, it was great. I still want to know who that uh, Mexican bimbo or uh, Puerto Rican bimbo was that was on there last night, that Chiquita Banana Bitch. You have never. She made Celia Cruz seem coherent. That, that's that's how bad she was. She was ridiculous. 
she was the worst stereotype. I mean, if if Hispanic America can't do better than that in putting a moderator in there, then uh, good luck to you. Who could we have put in there? Even what's her name that does the talk show? What the hell is her name? Christina. Christina would have been a sure. huge improvement. She's articulate. They she would have just she would have just read the uh, questions off the uh, three by five cards instead of trying to interject all of this crap about. Well, you know, Puerto Ricans a lot of the Puerto Ricans sign up for the military because they want to help the U.S. and blah, blah, you know. Which they're all citizens anyway, so what, what did that have to do with the Nothing. question? Nothing. But she must have said that many times. About 30, man. Because evidently, she, maybe she's running too, I don't know. She's probably got one of those flags from her, hanging from her rear view mirror. Oh, yeah. One of them Rican flags, huh? Don't start picking on the Ricans again, man. Why not? Because they'll cut you off. Oh. They'll talk to their Jamaican they'll friends. They'll cut you up. They'll, they'll cut you up and then they'll cut you off. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless Live. Somebody will know what her name was. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah, this is a Puerto Rican speaking. What do you got against Puerto Ricans, Jew boy? WQAM, hello. Your preaching is boring. Oh, you're boring as hell, man. Just get back into town. They're the same losers. Same bunch of losers. Oh, got to get out of here fast. WQAM, hello. Your preaching is boring. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Yes, I know I know the name of the lady. Yes. Maria Celeste Araraz. That's it. Who the hell yeah. is she? Uh, she works for, uh, prim for, um, for Channel 23. Oh, you have to be kidding me. Yes, she does. For Univision. Univision. She can't, she can't speak the language, man. Man, she, she was horrible. No speaking English, and then she, uh, she was amateurish. They would have gonged her off the gong show in five seconds. Through amateur. Yeah. Well, I was just calling to tell you that and keep up the good job. Did, well, did you see the debate, obviously? Yeah, I did. I and did. Who, and who did you like? Uh, I like the, the guy with, uh, with a bad haircut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Pally. So we got to get a, a, a neck job for uh, Howard Dean and a, and a wig for uh, Kucinich. What about his teeth? There's nothing wrong with it. I, I, I don't ever look at his teeth because I'm too transfixed on the hairpiece. I never looked down at They can't be real. Those have to be dentures. Plus, he stands on four phone books to get on that podium, too. He, he's great, though. See, the, the debates ought to be on radio. Right. Not on television. That's that Nixon-Kennedy thing all he's, over. Right. He's not made for TV at all, although he doesn't sweat a lot like Tricky Dick. Five six seven. Trickly Dick. Five. Oh, he's going to be on with Joe Costello Saturday morning on a racing show. Dickly Trickle. Now, now, don't tell me line one is out again. That would get me really pissed off. Now it's working. Thank God. I don't have fix it. Have to come in here again. What a technical disaster this place is, man. We apologize for this place. WQAM. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah, that 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 fellow was right. Uh, that that uh, that lady is a news anchor for Telemundo. Oh, you have to be joking me. There she is. How is that? Well, she's obviously in Espanol. See, si. oh, <laughs> because she sure knows speaking English. Yeah, that was. I mean, she she made Desi Arnaz seem uh, illiterate. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot, Pally. So I so said, there's a couple of people saw the debate. I bet you about thirty men saw it. They could found uh, MSNBC. It's channel six hundred and twenty-two, by the way. Most of your cable systems, they keep trying to shove it off the edge of the uh, dial because nobody watches it. I bet you don't have that Imus is so boring thing in here, do you? No. No, because you didn't bring it till now. Till now? Well, it makes now. you think it's in uh, one of these. Oh, That's, I hope. That goes back a ways. <gasps> oh, I don't think it's on any of these. Well, I never got is it in it? here. It's never been in here. It hasn't? You discovered that up there somehow. Oh, but, but I've been playing that for months. These are these are recent stuff, like December, January. That uh, goes back a ways. You're not going to have that. Ah. Well, too bad. You lose. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five six. I'm going back. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't care how cold it is. I'll just stay indoors. You can stay here. I'll go up there. No, you won't. 331 votes. 
We got there all full of Schmidt, 113. Dean is best articulating your view. 61, Howard Dean, who needs a chin transplant. Clark, 42. Dennis Kucinich, 38, needs a long chat with Chuck Alfieri. George W. Bush, 23. Only 7% for the Bushmeister. Sharpton, 17. Edwards, 14. Kerry, 10. Carol Mosley, Braun, 6. Gebhardt, 4. And Jew Lieberman's all the way down to 3. Oy. He can't uh, even find two sitzes to rub together. How do you like that? Good. You ever rub two sitzes together? Just this morning. Probably with your head between it. 21 till noon at 560. We got the Mad Dog at 2. We got the Humper who's back from the sickbed. He was on Friday, so I'm a little bit on the scratchy side. He'll be okay in spite of what Dave Hyde says about, don't you want to hear a lot more of the booster? No. Just on the Marlin games, okay, Dave? Quit like uh, playing fast and loose with everybody's emotions here at QAM, you asshole Dave Hyde. If I was you, I'd go see uh, Mr. Jika. You know Mr. Jika and Dr. Hyde or however that goes. Sure. And then we got uh, a bunch of stuff after Humper. You don't want to hear any of it. Well, until uh, Joe and Mark and uh, Eddie K. We don't want to pick on him, right? Right. Well, they sure don't want to hear Hurricane, uh, Hurricane Hala uh, <laughs> <laughs> or the big oh! O'Neill. In fact, I think that'd be a big improvement. Let's give Paul O'Neill a show. Mm. He even talks he, a little funny. He speaks, uh, well, he's got a little speech defect. But he's but, got a lot to say. Right. He has a lot to say, and don't let that get uh, in the way. And maybe he's a little... No, he's got a wife. <laughs> well, as if that proves it. 20 proves till it noon me. at 560. Don't start with the fag stuff. Let me tell you about some great stuff. i got a whole bunch of it. Thank goodness sitting here. I am so pleased. You saw me. You actually witnessed. I drank one yes, of those I for did. breakfast this morning. I stocked it's up the fridge time. for you. Thank you very much. I, I really love this stuff. I'm not uh, saying that. I mean, you don't like it, but that's okay. That means you won't steal well, it. What do I hey, do? by the way, Troy Stratford quit stealing my Anorex diabetic drink. You're not diabetic and you're not fat. So quit stealing it, Troy. You freeloading spook. Anorex Diabetic is a truly delicious meal replacement drink that just happens to be made for people like me living with diabetes. But anybody who's sick and tired of drinking all kinds of stuff loaded with sugar can take this and really enjoy it. Anorex Diabetic is sweetened with Splenda, which is made from sugar, so there's no nasty aftertaste like you get with aspartame and saccharin. Recommended by doctors and dietitians for people who can't sacrifice proper nutrition just because they're in a big hurry. Enterex Diabetic is a completely balanced nutritional supplement that provides all essential vitamins and minerals needed for a healthy life, plus fiber, antioxidants, yet it's low in saturated fat and cholesterol, plus it's also gluten-free and lactose-free. An 8-ounce can of Enterex Diabetic has got 237 calories of easily digested nutrition. Try it once and you'll never go back to drinking that chalky-tasting crap you used to drink before whatever it was. You can pick some up at Publix, Walgreens, Eckerd's, Navarro, Sedano's, CVS, and pharmacies all over town. And you can also get a free, co- uh, free a copy of it. Yeah, download it from the Internet. You can also get a free can of it because they're giving away free full-size samples in vanilla and chocolate because they know you're going to love it. Call toll-free. And tell them that Cranky Old Neil sent you to call. You get an additional special gift. Call 1-866-368-3739. That's 1-866-368-3739. Or you can order on their website if you like at www.enterexdiabetic.com. E-N-T-E-R-E-X, diabetic. Call one word, enterexdiabetic.com. And click on free samples for the delicious one. Live, Live and local. We are Sports Radio 560. Q-A-N. That, yes. Am I sorry I spoke out? No. Am I sorry that I ask questions and that I don't just follow? No. To announce that there must be no criticism of the president or that we are to stand by the president right or wrong is not only unpatriotic and servile, but is morally treasonable to the American public. We kicked off our tour and sold out our shows. People were going insane. Then I open my mouth and now the whole world knows that the chunky one is lacking a brain. I thought that just because I know how to sing, 
I also have something to say. I opened up my trap and it was full of crap. The Dixie chicks are gonna pay. Well, it didn't take long after what I said. Our fans began throwing fits. If stations stop playing and fans stop paying, I'll be a stripper showing my tits.
but the Democrats have this death wish. They have this collective death wish, and it's just astonishing to me. Why aren't they calling for his resignation or impeachment right now? Who? Them Democrats, the so-called loyal opposition. Oh, they don't want to look bad. Oh, I see. Dennis Kucinich, Howard Dean didn't bring it up. Jew Lieberman, who, of course, is nothing but an appeaser and a uh, warmonger, he sure as hell didn't bring it up. Right, and a Republican uh, dressed in drag with a yarmulke and a tzitzes and tefillin. Yeah, they offered him some dessert after that big dinner they had in Washington. He said, ah, oh, it's tefillin. To, to, to <laughs> 364, plus it was trafe. 364 votes on the poll, regardless of which candidate you support, which contender is best articulating your views? Do you understand that question? No. Do you get it? No. Do you care? No. Oh, I know that. They're all full of Schmidt, 125. I mean, that thing about immigration is so pathetic. Yeah. Illegal aliens. We've got millions of illegal aliens pouring across the borders, mostly in the uh, southwest from Mexico. And they're not all Mexicans either. They come up from all over Latin America, and they pour in through that porous Mexican border, and they just pour in. Right. And now the New Deal is, and, of course, Bush being desperate to pander to, Mexi to uh, Hispanic voters. Comes up with his cockamamie deal, which is never going to go through Congress, by the way. His it's, own his own Republican Party right. will make damn sure of that. It's still just another kiss for big business, right? Agriculture, right? More cheap labor, but more more over than that. An attempt to say, oh, you see, we want all you people to come on in, and we want to give you all these rights. We want to give you a green card and a blue card and a purple card, and a, and a driver's license. Why should illegal aliens have driver's licenses? They shouldn't. They shouldn't be here. Why should most of the banana boat people who come in here on rubber rafts? Why should they have driver's license at a '57 Chevy? They shouldn't. Oh, and what about that broad from Channel 23? What the hell was she doing on there last night? Seriously, if she is honestly, uh, I, I, I wish you would have seen it. I just would have given anything if you could see a tape I'm of so it. I'm so glad I did. You didn't. would be so amazed. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. She was like Charo. I don't want anything to erode her, my no, love. Her presentation was like Puerto Charo. People. Coochie -coo. I'm surprised she didn't say coochie coochie. Yeah. Mm. Oh. I think she poked Al Sharpton in the puppet. She thought he was the uh, dark Pillsbury doughboy. Coochie, coochie. She was pathetic. And plus, of course, a professional Puerto Rican. I mean, just on and on about the Puerto Ricans are doing this. Well, fine, okay. They got all the rights. Yeah. Driver's license. Sure. They 58 vote. Chevy. Switchblade. I mean, what the hell more do you need? Hubcaps. Right. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T. Let's get some of that Puerto Rican cuisine for lunch. Oh! Just kidding. There's no food coming in here. What is there Puerto Rican? We, we, he all, brought that up. And somebody called and uh, yeah. said some things. Something about uh, he had said he had a big chalupa. WQAM. Good morning. Buenos dias. Buenos tardes. Puerto Rican cuisine. I think that's over by the Humane Society. Anyway, listen. no, that's Chinese cuisine. Uh, uh, that lady. Uh, the illiterate one who's on the debate. Yes. She works for Telemundo, and keep mm -hmm. in mind who owns Telemundo, NBC, which is nothing but clear channel with pictures. Right, so they had Lester Holt on there from MSNBC with the MS, and they had her on there from a Telemundo. Yes, Lester Holt with a stiff upper lip because he must have rubbed Viagra on it or mm -hmm. something. I don't know. He was stiff. Um, but it, it, it's just like, and, and you know, Not I don't as stiff know as John Kerry. Well, I don't know why she was there because the last time I checked, there there can't be more than like 20 Hispanics in Iowa. You know what I mean? About 30, man. <laughs> okay, what that was that? I think that was the CIA tap. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. We're off to the races here, baby. We're doing it. Are we doing it? No. I feel like we're doing it. Doing something. Yeah. Killing some good time. Don't forget that book, The Price of Loyalty. Don't let me forget. i got to go out and get it tomorrow by Ron Suskind, right. Pulitzer Prize-winning author. 
He's damn good. He was the one whose voice you heard along there with Paul O'Neill and Leslie Stahl on that 60 Minutes piece from last night, which we'll play it again and again and again. See, I see if I really thought that anybody cared about that and that they were, uh, you know, that it did any good, then I'd really be excited, although I know better. I've learned. But it killed some good time. WQAM, hello. Hi, Neil. Don't you eat Puerto Rican soup? WQAM, hello. Lock it in. What was it? Lock it in. Oh, lock it in. Yeah, don't you remember that? That's an old IOD thing. No, I don't remember. That was Jazz McKay. I see. WQAM, hello. Yeah, so much to talk about. I, I saw that debate last night. Yes? And there's so much to say. Go right ahead. Take your time. Okay. It, it won't be as good as the last call, but give it a shot. Well, I'll, I'll give my best shot. Uh, it's too bad that we, we can't go with who says the best and who is, instead of who's the most electable. I, I think Kucinich says the best stuff. Well, my, my question wasn't who's the most electable. I, I mean, know. I know, but it's too bad. I mean, re, and, and when it comes to the election itself, that we can't vote for who says the best and not who's the most electable. I mean, I, I'm really disappointed Delectable. with Dean. Not delectable, but I, I'm disappointed with Dean. And, yeah. And the more I see it, see him, this audience doesn't want to say that. I mean, they can pour in all the votes they want, and I have no problem with that. Other than the fact that he's just losing it now. All these strategists are turning him into yeah. a quizzling now and a, a weak need weakling, and he just kind of stands there and hems and haws, and it's like he doesn't want to say anything, and he's afraid to really speak, well, and he comes up with all the trite cliches about the American people are the underdog. And all. I mean, we've heard yeah. all of that before. Answer the question. Oh, and then another thing he did last night, which I haven't even mentioned yet. There was that part of the debate, uh, several times during the debate, and I do like that, where they're allowed to ask one of the yeah. other candidates a question. And instead of asking the other candidate, he had some stoolie, some pigeon in the audience, yeah. uh, some minority guy that he was going to ask a question and, tell, and, and please tell us about this. And, and then Lester Holt, to his credit, said, well, we can't do that, Governor, because the uh, candidates have all agreed to the rules, and we can't go out into the audience to ask people, oh, you've got to ask uh, the other uh, candidates a question or uh, take a pass and go out of the... He said, oh, I guess then I'll pass. Yeah, well, I mean, totally unprepared. What is that? He's coming across as being stupid. Right. He makes himself look bad, and, which and, is exactly what they want. And, 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 the, and, the, and the other thing is, and then they start, you know, when they start, you know, going after each other. And I can't believe that Braun basically told Sharpton to shut up about, you know, playing the race card. Yeah. Yeah, she was good. She was good. But, you know, again, she's not like the bull. It's not going to happen. No. You know, it's just, and it's just, it's just so disappointing that, uh, but guy, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that in a debate, the Brown and Black Caucus, you know what the nature of most of the questions are. Right you know they're going to be asking you about what you did yeah. as governor of Vermont and who was on your staff and in your cabinet. And why, how can you be that unprepared? Absolutely. I think his, his, his handlers are more concerned about shutting him up than really preparing him to answer the questions and, and showing uh, the kind of dean that we saw a few weeks and months ago. I'm, ho I'm, hoping that, I'm hoping that the real thing that comes across with Dean's campaign is that it energizes enough people to pay attention to get out there and vote for somebody other than Bush. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the other thing, and then I'll, then I'll go. The other thing is, is, is on your website, I, mean, I think it's interesting that two of the, two of the articles that are most thinking about, what, about Bush and how they created Iraq were written by Republicans, Paul O'Neill and Kevin Phillips. Right. And then these are not left left winging. And neither is Pat Buchanan. And not Buchanan. And, yeah. And but you're not going to hear the the, the 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 right side say anything about these three guys. They're going to probably be quiet about them. And they said, oh, it's still a left liberal media. And they're going to, they're going to ignore O'Neill. They're going to ignore Buchanan. And they're going to all push them to the side. You know. Pretty sad. Pretty sad. Hang in there, Pally. Yeah, I'm moving uh, to Canada. See you at the border, man. Bye. Yeah, we'll smuggle them in. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless fi uh, fine line. Hi to my good friends at Air Canada. Boy, I tell you, it was a nice command performance coming down yesterday morning. Three people in business class on my flight. Two flight attendants going to their next job. 
yeah. sound, sound asleep, and me in uh, the front row. That was it. Excellent. Back of the plane with all the peasants, uh, they, you know, that was pretty well loaded. Were they hot, the flight attendants? No. Ah. They weren't even lukewarm. But at any rate, three minutes till noon at 560 WQM. In fact, they, they were about as hot as it's been in Toronto last weekend. Wow. <laughs> man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I've experienced cold in my life. East Lansing, Michigan, Detroit, Rot- Rottenchester. I thought I'd experienced it all. But Friday, when they came on the news and they said it's actually colder in Toronto right now than it is on the, on Mars. Yeah. They were serious. They said the temperature on the surface temperature on Mars is 15 below zero Fahrenheit, and it was 18 below Fahrenheit in Toronto. It was 35 below zero Celsius. Sounds like move to Mars. No, it sounds like go out and get a couple of good toque time to me. It's toque time. Well, Georgie thinks it's always toque time, but in Canada, it's toque and toque time. I've toked while wearing a toque. Or like Clarence Token Thomason. Three minutes till noon at 560 WQM. If you're looking for a fun original gift for somebody's birthday, anniversary, or for the holidays, make somebody's day by sending a Vermont teddy bear. Just call his toll-free number, 1-800-829-BEER, and a friendly bear counselor will help you choose from over 100 handcrafted beers delivered with a card and chocolate and a colorful gift box. You can shop online, too, at vermontteddybear.com. It's more personal and fun than flowers. It'll be enjoyed forever. Of course, flowers are dead in just a matter of hours or days. You won't believe the reaction you'll get, too. Choose from bears like the birthday suit bear, the Thanksgiving turkey bear, or baby's first Christmas bear. A little bit outdated there with the holidays, but you get the drift. They got bears for every occasion. All of the bears are handmade in Vermont and guaranteed for life. The quality is absolutely unbelievable. It is. Overnight and Saturday delivery guaranteed, too. So call Vermont Teddy Bear at 1-800-829-BEAR or shop online at vermontteddybear.com. That's 1-800-829-BEAR. Be sure and tell them that crusty old Neil told you to call. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Hi, all my favorite Republicans. This is Matt Drudge. And it's time for the... Excuse me, I'm floating. It's time once again for the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. <laughs> May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. A Mexican national holiday. Some stations are giving away trips to Cancun. Some are giving away trips to Mexico City. But we're bringing Mexico to you. That's right. We're giving away Mexican. Real live Mexican. Ay, caramba. We'll be smuggling illegal aliens across the border in the wheel well of a station van. Then we'll give one to you. Imagine your own personal Mexican. They'll wash your car, clean your house, pick your crop. Anything you want. Because if they don't, you'll have them deported. Adios, amigo. Be the tenth caller when you hear this sound and win a Mexican. Members of this station and their families are not eligible to own Mexicans. Bathing and delousing of Mexicans is winner's responsibility. Station assumes no liability for infectious diseases. Is carried by Mexicans. Celebrate Cinco de Mayo in your own home every day with your very own Mexican. People listening to win. Promo 2 at 560 WQM. Michael Jackson is going to be arraigned on Friday. His brothers on MSNBC saying things that may be germane to the case. We accept your support and your prayers with our deepest gratitude. Liar. Deepest gratitude. Phony. Thank you for coming. Full of crap, asshole. Thank you once again, the fans who are deeply pedophile lover thank you very much you're welcome anyway here's a couple of faxes that came in that something all of a sudden all of these uh, latoya and this one they're all uh, coming because they want to they don't want to lose that gravy train of course michael says he's never going back to neverland because they cleaned all the little boys out so he rented <laughs> he rented that other you see that other mansion he rented right and he only rented it on a uh you know that's just a no. house got, now it's not my home option to buy <laughs> well we know where the big house is and that's going to be his home yeah, oh, can only boy. Hope. man can you imagine 
Wow. Rectum? He's, he's going to uh, be the soap boy. Let's hope he gets uh, Father Gagan's old roommate. And wouldn't that be something? I think when you're wearing them uh, silver gloves like that, you keep dropping the soap all the time is what I hear. <laughs> I, have, I have people who know. If someone says this fact, is someone stupid enough to think that the war in Iraq was about anything other than oil and world domination? Yes. Yes, it's called Americans. Is someone actually shocked that Bush had a plan to invade Iraq before he was elected? Yes. Yes, it's called Americans. It says he even had a plan to win the election because he wasn't voted in. His brother just so happened to be the governor of that state and also a member of PNAC that had a ballot problem and is notorious for bogus elections. Yes. The answer is obviously yes. to both questions. Are most people stupid and gullible? Yes. Yes, it says, especially Americans. Yes. It says, I don't want Bush to win, Neil, God forbid, but the stupid people of this country will probably elect him again. Yes. Yeah, he ought to be impeached right now, but instead he's probably going to get in there again because the Democrats are too busy chopping each other up into smithereens and little pieces. See, the whole con- the whole system is so... It's like the Electoral College, how ridiculous that is. And this thing with the caucuses and the primaries... Who the hell gives a flying fugue about New Hampshire and Iowa? Huh? Are they, what, what are they representative? Anything? No. No. New Hampshire's a bunch of blue-nosed, right-wing assholes, and uh, Iowa is... What did I say? No, I was just saying New Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. Yeah. And Iowa's uh, corn country, man. They're busy cornholing each other over there. That's all that's all about. Right. <laughs> How do you think they get the corn off the cob, man? Sure is special. Rectum. Yeah, that's right. Got like its own uh, gravy on it. Oh, shucks. Yeah, its own special gravy. Special sauce. <laughs> Makes its own sauce. Oh, God. Anyway, here's another fact that says, oh, you, this is great. I'm, I'm would be amazed. Well, he's, he's, when you hear it, you'll see he's a little bit emotional. I'd be amazed if the Southwest has more illegal aliens than North Broward County. Deerfield Beach is the new Brazilian frontier with the stayovers. Pompano is Haitian, Dominican, and Central American. The queue in front of the Deerfield Beach office of the License Bureau is 200 deep by 6.30 a.m. every morning. The blue and green flag flies from every pole in Deerfield Beach. Did you know that? I had no idea. Well, now we got uh, Brazilian Beach. Little Brazil. Little Brazil. Brazil. The Portuguese. See. No speaking of your language, I'll tell you that. No. Where Portugal, I mean, uh, Brazil, where the men are men and so are most of the women. Believe me, that's what I hear. How can you tell? It's a real drag to live there. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> five, six, seven, oh, five. How come line one? Yeah, I know I asked you that the other day. There's something yes. screwed ah, up in this whole please. system here, man. It's the QM Fugan way. It blows. Jesus, Greg, I mean, after all of these years, can't the Beasleys afford to put a real joint in here? No. It's a joke. I got a better studio in Toronto than this piece of crap. WQAM. Hey, is this Neil? Sounds like me, yes, sir. Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm glad to talk to you. I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, I just had a quick question. Is it possible to play, uh, make a small request? My girlfriend just discovered uh, Phil Hendry in L.A. and she's here vacationing. No, the answer is no. We're not interested in playing no Phil Hendry bits, okay? What a, what, a, what kind of crap is that? You know what he wanted, obviously. Uh, obviously. Yeah, all you can eat the bullshit. Mm, all sure. you can eat right wing bullshit. What a clown. Five six seven. Call up Phil and have him play it for you. Okay, see if he sure. takes your request. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon Wireless line. Talk about a guy that's living in the past. WQAM. Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, um, I'm looking at an article here on Slate.msn.com. Yes. And it's going into how Bush has turned the Social Security trust fund into his own personal war chest, and basically how they have no plans on replacing the money that they've taken, and basically. Uh, George and I will have to join the homeless voice over there on on uh, Hollywood. Oh, Boulevard. good. We got we got an outfit ready. Got a nice orange shirt ready for you. No problem. Exactly. Hey, um, my opinion of uh, Dean is definitely um, I'm becoming more and more disenfranchised with him. Disenchanted. That too. Um, 
What is your, I know your opinion on Kucinich, but uh, what is your opinion on uh, Edwards? Oh, my God, Julian Yahoo. Well, uh, but. Julian Yahoo, man. Okay. Well, Yahoo. Okay. That's my opinion. You asked and him, another, you got it. And, and one last thing. I think you like the way he looks. <laughs> you want to do him, is that it? Well, and the other thing. Yeah, you want to do him. The other thing I wanted to mention. You like to crawl right up uh, behind him and sneak right in there. <laughs> well, the other thing you I might like it. wanted to mention is um, Art Bell was actually ripping. Oh, okay, see ya. Fine, I don't talk to Art Bell people, okay? The only Art Bell person I'll talk to is Suds. Doesn't he listen to Art Bell? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Somebody's got to. And you know who else used to listen to uh, Art Bell? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what do we got? What is that under? That uh, I put it in on a hotkey. I don't know if it's in there. It's on a hotkey? On my, my bank. Oh, on your bank. Beaner Boy. I don't have time to uh, dick around with that, okay? Hey, Beaner Boy. Oh, get out of here. So on CNN right now. Yeah. The poll question is, did Paul O'Neill betray the president? Oh, not, my God. Talk about a, yeah. what a slanted asshole question. How, yeah, do you believe what he said is about did he betray the president? Is that on their website? That's no, on the on MSNBC no, right now. Oh, on MSNBC's question. Right. Oh, yeah. there's cabinet that was black or left. Oh, we, brown. we had a senior member of my staff on my no, fifth floor. No, we did not. That was just part of their exchange last night, and our new poll out today shows a statistical dead heat for the Iowa caucus. Howard Dean tops today's MSNBC Reuters Zogby poll with 26%. Congressman Richard Gephardt is in second place with 23%. They are statistically tied because of the margin of error, of course. Senator John Kerry has 16%. Senator John Edwards, 12%. Here's a telling number. 14% of Iowans have not yet decided. You see, I know it makes a lot too much sense, but... The idea of a national primary, when all the states vote on the same day, people with oh, brains have been oof. suggesting that for a long time. What are you time. saying? You see, and then that way you don't have to raise millions. See, like now it's an endurance contest. And right. the people that can't raise enough money to keep participating and competing, they fall by the wayside. It happens every four years. But if you had a national primary, you have a certain, like a January and February, whatever the period of time is, that uh, a window where people campaign, they have a, a limited number of debates, and then there's a national primary on one day, and voila, as opposed to, well, you got to win in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, talk about a bunch of drooling yahoos. You're talking crazy talk. Oh, I know, because it makes too much sense. Because the American whole political system is a piece of crap. It's a joke. If we didn't have that freaking electoral college, we wouldn't be going through this right now. Because it's a hell of a lot harder, unless you know the people at Diebold. You expect it's those a lot voters harder to, walk to steal all the, the popular vote. Unless you know the people at Diebold. U.S. to push for uh, airlines for passenger records. Despite stiff resistance from airlines and privacy advocates, the U.S. government plans to push ahead this year with a vast computerized system to probe the backgrounds of all passengers boarding flights in the United States. You ready for that? Okay. That's right. When you pass, it says on here, whoever faxes this, it says, now when you pass through the airport, they'll know you're gay. Oh, wait till you see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start swishing real good so they don't have to check the records. Wear pink pants. No, I'll wear pink panties and a whole outfit. I'll dress up. I'll wear my Carmen Miranda bananas on my head. I know you can borrow some clothes from. Not Freaky Carlos. The government will compel airlines and airlines. How about uh, Clarence? He's got quite an outfit. That's what I'm hearing. That's what Mo told me this morning. Stop referring to our programming department. He said that, that way. Clarence likes to dress up before he lets him stick it in there. I don't know what he was talking about. The government will compel airlines and airline reservation companies to hand over all passenger records for scrutiny by U.S. officials after figuring it. You know, see, the reason that Clarence loves to have me here so much because he knows that when I'm not here, this place is as boring as dog crap. That, that's the reason that they're all so crazy to have me here. 
Because I bring a spark of life into this place. Well, we can have some excitement in the morning. <laughs> what, what, what is that? When is that going to happen? Well, with, you know, with the firings and whatnots. Oh, you mean like that? I'm going to yeah. kick his ass and then I'll steal his two-pack. Yeah, we had that excitement. And maybe I guess they thought it was a little bit a little bit too exciting. By the way, uh, Pharrell's got the bad flu. He's got a real bad case. You know, we'll keep them uh, posted with what's going on. Is he still on there with a the mad cow up in Chicago? He's still got his man cow disease in Chicago. And he's working on that show. I don't know what the deal's going to be with him. He needs he needs a spanking is what he needs. I'm sure he'd go for that. Not not by me. Oh. No, he needs 34C or somebody to put them over their knee and just give him an old-fashioned spanking like a child and just straighten his ass out. If he just tone it down a little bit, that's all. Just a wee little bit. Just calm it down, man. A wee wee. A wee. Calm that wee wee down. It's 11 past noon. I'll tell you, Fat Boy must have lost an ounce or two, huh? Maybe he and his wife are doing a little exercise on that brand new mattress he's got from Dollar Mattress, you think? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you I, ha I have to go now. <laughs> wouldn't you love to be ear witness to that? Hoo-wee! Man. That would sure knock my socks right off, you know what? Knock off my jock. Anyway, a new mattress from Dollar Mattress is a great idea for the new year. Oh, thank God I don't have to be here all the time to see you hyperventilating. You're, you're almost as good as uh, the pretzel uh, puking president. That's the old PPP, man, the pretzel puking president. Anyway, celebrate the new year in style and in comfort with a brand new mattress from Dollar Mattress. Get a great night's sleep for months and years to come. You can't beat it. So if the old mattress ain't cutting it anymore for you, if it's worn out and lumpy and bumpy, if you wake up in the morning feeling like you didn't sleep at all, Dollar Mattress is the place to call. 1-800-MATTRESS, tool-free like I always do. Dollar Mattress is proud to have added Stearns and Foster to their already unbeatable championship lineup. Stearns and Foster Hewitt is the finest mattress made in America, and now you can sleep on one tonight by calling toll-free 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. And, of course, Dollar Mattress carries all the other top lines, too. Whatever you like, they got it. Sealy, Serta, Simmons, King, Coral, Tempur-Pedic. Choose from dozens of models at low everyday discount prices. And don't forget, only Dollar mat uh, Mattress lets you choose a two-hour, what is it? A two-hour delivery window, like noon to two, one to three, two-thirty to four-thirty, etc., that meets your schedule seven days a week from eight in the morning till ten at night, like I said, any day of the week, and they actually show up on time. With low prices, same-day delivery, free setup and removal, it's a piece of cake to see why Dollar Mattress is the best in the business. So do what everybody here at QM, even the schleppers are doing, make the smart move to a great night's sleep by making that one easy call, 1-800-MATTRESS. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. On the website, it's mattress.com. Live and local, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. QAM. Plastic and break it 
might know. Oh, there's bound to be a lawsuit file. Absolutely. When your body is in Neverland. When your body is in Neverland, watch for his hands. When your body is in Neverland. Something definitely twisted about that. Don't let me forget on the next break to check the NSNBC <laughs> website. Because maybe right. they're taking that pool online. I'd be really in- interested to see what the response is about Paul O'Neill. I mean, to word the pool that way, it's so obvious uh, right. the way they're trying to slant it. The, obvi- the, the real question should be plain and simple. Do you believe Paul O'Neill's allegations about right. uh, the administration, no one, yada, 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 and uh, the plans to invade Iraq, yada, yada, et cetera? Right. Not that he betrayed the president. What the hell is that? Do you think he's ugly or stupid? Right. Do you Paul think he's got a speech defect or not? <laughs> anyway, getting back to oh, 435 votes. Regardless of which candidate you support, which contender is best articulating your views? I hope at least a few of you About 30, man. saw that debate last night, the black and brown debate. Jerry Brown was in it and um, Shirley Black, Temple. Remember Shirley Temple Black? Sure. Yeah. Anyway, they're all full of Schmidt, 148, you say that. And I can't <laughs> I can't debate with that too much. Boy, it's so sad, especially when you get to the immigration thing and they're all like pandering and bending over backward. They had to have four chiropractors there to straighten them out after that question, after Chiquita Banana kept pushing that thing about the Ricans. Uh, Dean, 78, Clark, 54, Kucinich, 48. He's doing well, and, you know, he should, probably just because I said that. But if they saw it, they, I mean, he's he's great. He's not good. He's great. He's got balls. He's a little guy with big balls. Like Tom Denenberg. Oh, Tom Denenberg, it worked for, for a cheap channel no more. Do you know right. that? Yes, I did. Oh, you told me that. Well, I was here when you nice got Nice going, there. Tommy. Uh, Kucinich, 49 now. He's moving up. He's giving Wes Clark a run for his money for a second there. I wish he was doing as well in the uh, in the voting polls as he is on this poll. Bush, 29. Sharpton, 24. Edwards, 22. Kerry, 15. Mosley Braun's got seven. Jew Lieberman, six. And Dick Ebert's only got four. He is as pasty and boring man. Wow. As a leprechaun. Isn't he sad? Yeah. Pace the old Irishman, man. He is so bland. No, You know, see, at least Howard Dean, when he had the veins popping out of his neck and he was excited right. and animated and really ripping ass, that's the Howard Dean we knew and loved. That's when we got excited about him. He needs to stop listening to those people. Yeah, he needs to stop listening because they'll do the same thing that Gore's advisors did to him when they kept reinventing him and reinventing him. Yesterday's Al Gore, next week's Al Gore, you know, the more animated Al Gore, Al Gore with the beard, the fat Al Gore, the not-so-fat Al Gore. Of course, the one thing it always with these stiff, boring algorithms, that never changed. <laughs> anyway, getting back to this airline thing, wait till you hear this. See, there's a part of it I like. Shall I read you the part I like? Okay. Another program that's to be introduced this year seeks to speed frequent flyers through security lines in exchange for volunteering personal information for the government. So, like, when I go through, they'll say, well, are you a fag? And I'll say, yeah. and then they'll say, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, but they, they've been talking about doing that, and then they won't have to waste the time with all of us, you know. Right. And you get your head tattooed, forehead tattooed. Man, no problem. The government will compel airlines and airlines will compel. The spirit of Christ will compel you. <laughs> and if that don't do it, we have A's. The government will compel airlines and airline reservation companies to hand over all passenger records for scrutiny by U.S. officials after failing to win cooperation in the te- program's testing phase. The order could be issued as soon as next month. Under the system, all travelers passing through a U.S. airport are to be scored with a number, like you said, a tattoo, and a color that ranks their perceived threat to the aircraft. The two new initiatives will augment a system introduced last week to fingerprint and photograph millions of foreign visitors on arrival in the U.S. 
Privacy and consumer advocates worry that both programs could be discriminatory because they subject airline passengers to different levels of scrutiny. Certain travelers, such as non-U.S. citizens, could face additional questioning under the program known as CAPS-2, CAPS-2, or the second version of the computer-assisted passenger pre-screening program, some organizations say. Business travelers who typically pay high prices for their seats will likely get an easier pass through security in the registered traveler program. The two, now listen to this. As if we're not confused enough with the color code with everything else, orange light, yellow light. The two-step process will result in a numerical and color score for each passenger. A red rating means a passenger will be prohibited from boarding. Yellow indicates the passenger will receive additional scrutiny at the checkpoint. A green rating paves the way for a standard trip through security. And a pink rating means you'll be traveling in the rear. Also factored into one score will be intelligence about certain routes and airports where there might be higher rated risk to security. Although it's unclear how many passengers would fit in each category, the TSA said its best estimation is that 5% of the traveling public will be flagged, flagged yellow or red compared with an estimated 15% who are flagged under the current version of CAPS-1. The registered traveler program, also known as the Trusted Traveler, that's me, has been a favorite of the airline industry since the terrorist attack. Well, when are they going to start it already? The first leader of the TSA declined to pursue the idea, saying he worried that terrorists in sleeper cells could establish themselves as trusted residents over a period of years and later exploit their status to hijack planes. He had a good point. Yeah. Because they stay for those sleeper cells for a long time. Right. They'll stay long enough. And then they uh, fly and they give you a big smile. Hey, everything's wonderful. You're a good deal. Go right ahead, sir. Go right ahead. And by the way, don't drop, don't forget the bomb. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a trusted, frequent fra traveler right. friend. He's a, a good guy. Carry on bomber. You Plus, we know out. he's safe. He's a Saudi Arabian. Oh. Five six seven oh five sixty. Pile. Let's get these phones going, baby. Let's get some action here, man. I want to see a little bit of action in this otherwise uh, godforsaken dead ass town, man. How about those Panthers? Oh, I forgot to mention that. Panthers sent me another whole bunch of free tickets just because they're so excited that they're doing so well. Another tie. They blew a 2 nothing lead in the third period in Vancouver last night. 2-2 two -two tie. They wore their 2-2. Two -two. So here's a bunch more free tickets for the Montreal game on February 10th. Isn't that pathetic? Getting a letter about, oh, they're more exciting now, and Rick Dudley is doing this, and uh, Steve Lutzig is doing that, or whatever his name is. What's his name? I don't know. What's his name? 5670560, oh, pound 560 Rimmer? on the AT&T. Steve Rimmer, that's the guy. WQAM, Hello. Neil. Yes, sir. My name is Doug. I'm calling from Boca. Yes, Doug. What up? What up? Listen, my problem with this administration is when Bush gets on the TV and says, Hiya, Pally. WQAM, hello. Hi. I have, yes, a sir. Question. I have a question for Neil. Speaking. Oh, hi. We're doing screenless all this year, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm course, I just wanted to re remind you, I don't know if you recall or not, that the no. senior Bush uh, unilaterally invaded Panama for no good reason. Right. That's right. Well, you're, we, wanted to, get, we wanted to get Noriega and change the complexion of the country. Remember what his excuse was for doing that? No, I don't. Well, you know, he had told the generals under Noriega that if you capture Noriega, we'll come and take him off your hands. Right. So they did that. Mm -hmm. And somehow or other, it did happen, and those guys that took Noriega were summarily executed by Venezuela. Now, let me ask you this question. How's sure. Aristide doing down there in Haiti? Has he got all them liberties well, going on? Yeah, I don't know anything about Haiti. Oh, good. Don't I, go there. I, no, you're laughing. I'm telling you, don't go there. It's a, no, it's, I have no intention. It's even worse right now than it has been. They make, he makes Baby Doc and Papa Doc look like uh, good Samaritans. Well, uh, to finish what I was telling you, um, Bush was so embarrassed yeah, by, by what happened yeah. that he was waiting for an excuse. And one night, four GIs were returning from having dinner in Panama, and they inadvertently took a road that took them right in front of the National Guard headquarters, mm -hmm. where there is a checkpoint. Right. And all cars have to stop there. And when it came their time to stop, of course, the National Guardsmen saw canals on plates on their car, 
and started giving them a bad time. Mm-hmm. Driver panics and takes off, and the National Guardsmen start shooting at the car, and they kill one of the Americans in the back seat. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was Mr. Bush's excuse to go after Panama, a country that has practically no military force. Well, I hear, I hear that this weekend, if things start turning south in Iraq, and we're going back to Grenada and finish the job. Well, wouldn't that That's be what I'm wonderful? hearing. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And then the Brits are simultaneously are going to go back to Las Malvinas and finish them off. <laughs> Have a great day, Pally. Thank you. All right. The world loves us, baby, don't they? No. They love Americans. No. In fact, any place, if you're going to do any traveling, just say, hey, how's it going, eh? Seriously, I'm telling you, it works like a charm Good for me. Plan. Oh, where are you from? Oh, Canada. Oh, hey, how's it going, eh? But I'm a boot 20 miles sure, north of Medicine. Sure, and wear your toque, okay? Be sure wear one of the silly oh, yeah. toques and uh, act like the Hansons, you know, act like a real silly goose. Works uh, like crazy. Five six seven oh five sixty. Starts humming some Anne Marie tunes. You know they love it. WQAM. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, Neil. Did you notice yesterday how the right wingers spent the whole day trying to discredit Paul O'Neill? Of course. Well, what do you expect them to do? Say, oh, gee, uh, he, he's got a point. Yeah, but doesn't that stick with what they always do? If you disagree well, with them, but they all—that's politics, man. Yeah. That's uh, what everybody does. Yeah, and how about? Uh... And then, of course, in this administration, there's no room for dissent. Dissent is dead in America. Yeah, yeah. Dissent of part, a woman. Dissent of a woman. How about the part where he says uh, George W. Tua. George W. in the cabinet meetings was like a deaf, like a, a blind, blind man in a room full of deaf people. Yeah, I, I played the whole interview a little while yeah. ago. You missed it. Yeah. Oh well, this is all I'm catching on the news. I didn't see the interview yesterday. But I mean, it's all better play it again. Okay, play it again. Okay. I love you. Thanks. I don't want to play the whole thing again, do I? Well, you might not want to. No, I'm not going to play the whole thing again. But I think I... <laughs> oh, I see. It's not even. I'm not, I went all the way back to the beginning on my cassette. President, their notes and documents, but the main source of the book was Paul O'Neill. See, there he is again, Paul O'Neill. I thought he played for uh, who does he play for? Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. In relation to Tip, the Hurricanes. Yeah, he's akin uh, to Tip O'Neill. He used to carry his booze. Five six seven oh five six. Big job. Yeah, he uh, had the heavy load, man. Really heavy a load. Hand truck. Just like Mo, he had a heavy Forklift. load in that bag. Four hundred and sixty-five votes, uh, Dean. They're, they're still with. The, and you know, like I said, we all are hoping that it, we're pulling for him. You know, like you're sitting back. Come on, go. You go, boy. Come on, to butch up a little bit. Let's see the old Howard Dean, not the new uh, manufactured, uh, wimpier and uh, more cautious and uh, tripping over his tongue, Howard Dean. He, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, could we have been wrong all this time? Could he be, have just possible. been... Possible. Uh, it is possible. I'm glad you said that. Sure. Because I know we got a lot of people in the audience who think they were going to like put Dean over the top. I uh, I don't know. It's also possible he's listening to people like, again. That's what I'm back. saying. Because they've been talking about that. That's the new tactic. Because every time he opened his mouth there for a couple of weeks, since they're all out to get him, they're ganging up on him like gangbusters. And uh, every time he says anything, but I bing, I gotcha. And he says, oh, i got to stop playing this game of gotcha. And then he goes to that jerk, the head of the Democratic Party. What tells his name, that idiot? You know. No. Yeah, you do. Heinrich Himmler. He goes to Heinrich Himmler and he says, uh, you know, go quit having them pick on me so much. Uh, you know, tell him to ease off a little bit. Terry McAuliffe, that oh. jackass. Didn't he used to play for the Tigers? Oh, that was Dick McAuliffe. Scotty McAuliffe. I forgot about Dick. 28 past noon. I bet you don't believe that. 465 no. votes. Dean 82, Clark 57. Kucinich 52. Nice going. You see? 
That's this audience, man. Even though the retards are the ones that call in for the most part, about 80% of the callers, the intelligentsia out there, man, they're sitting back in there. They're soaking it in. They're looking at this stuff on our website. You damn well better look at our website today, man, because even though I read a couple of those stories on here, sit there and look at it, read it, absorb it, print it out, paste it on windows all around town, spread the news. I want to see those impeachment hearings start before I go back to Toronto tomorrow. 28th past noon. At 5, so you're laughing, man. Boy, yeah, well. If it wasn't so cold, man, it's going to be brutal again all weekend, Wednesday through like a weekend. I'm I'm not, uh, what, what's the point? I don't know. They don't do stuff in the cold in Toronto? Oh, I don't know. Sure I didn't didn't slow us down know. in Montana. find out. Anyway, the New Year's here, and it's time to start or restart your low-carb diet. Man, everywhere you go now, low-carb, low-carb this. There's even low-carb beer now. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Low-carb beer, low-carb uh, douchebags, you name it. And the place to start is Delights of West Boca, your low-carb superstore. Whether you're on the Atkins, the Skatkins, the Sugar Busters, that phony baloney South Beach diet, or any of the low-carb, sugar-free diets, join the thousands of South Floridians that have made Delights of West Boca the number one low-carb store in America. And for good reason, because they've got so much for you to choose from, so much variety, over a thousand low-carb products, including breads and bagels, crackers and cookies, brownies and chips, chocolates, ice cream, pasta with delicious low-carb sauces, Ketchup, cheesecakes, and lots more. You'll find at Delights the biggest selection anywhere, and they're open every day, seven days a week from 10 to 10. You can always try anything in the store before you be buying it. And, of course, uh, they carry all the Atkins products, which are on sale all day, every day, even on Shavuos. And, of course, the uh, low-carb diet is now ranked number one anywhere. Even Dr. Atkins is singing that tune. So head for the number one low-carb, sugar-free store in the world, Delights of West Boca on the corner, the northeast corner of Glades in 441 next to Boston Market. Or call them at that toll-free number. There is 1-877-LOW-CARB, L-O-W-C-A-R-B. That's 1-877-LOW-CARB. On the web, it's lowcarb.com. There's only one Delights of West Boca. It'd be the best. It's your official Atkins Retail Center. Sports Radio 560, QAM. Yes. He's just a little hobbit born in the Shire, but if you want a ring bearer, then you better hire Frodo. F-R-O-D-O, Frodo. Absolutely. He's going to Mount Doom to destroy the ring. Yeah, that's the whole plot of the return of the king. We're talking Frodo. F-R-O-D-O, Frodo. Fro, 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 Frodo. Well, he's not middle physical guy, but when he bites that spider, he stabs her in the eye, oh my Frodo, fro 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 Frodo, it sure is long, three hours it took, but it's still a lot faster than reading the book about Frodo, fro 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 Frodo, fro 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 Frodo. Drank a jumbo coke Sat there till my bladder nearly broke I missed the whole part about Mount Doom Cause I spent it all in the little boy's room So I'm gonna have to go and see it again But I'll wear some to pen So I won't have to miss Frodo Fro, 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 Frodo Fro, 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 Frodo We're talking Frodo 
26 to 1 at 560 WQAM. Yeah, this uh, building is just its an evil place. It really is. In fact, the di- one of the differences now when I'm in Toronto and at about 730 in the morning, uh, I, you know, 745, George and I start to verbalizing, having verbal intercourse, and I'm always in a pretty good mood. Right. Yep. But well, here, that. like today, I walked in the door and George is expecting a big kiss and a hug and everything. Of course, I just gave him a dirty look. Because by the time I got in here, I had already seen Mad Mike downstairs from sales, bald uh, Mad Mike, who's the warm-up act. crazier than a bed bug, and then <laughs> encountered the beast in the bullpen in there, and he's bada beep bada boop and modus and you know. And so by the time I came in here, I already was in a very sour mood. <laughs> so I wasn't really all that happy to see you. <laughs> no, offense. because no, it's not personal, but yeah. just the idea that because no, no. it made me realize I was here. Sure. Too. So I had to you know not do the tongue thing. Not to mention the drive-in, which no, the drive-in was lucky. very pleasant this morning. There was uh, hardly anybody out there. Where is there you? Uh, I guess they're all on I-95. I mean, it was a fair compliment on 595, but the turnpike was like pristine, man. And even Ives Dairy Road was fairly clean for the old queen. They must have all been getting in my way. Is that what it was? Well, Clarence says he likes getting in his way. Which way? He don't know how to get out, but he likes getting in his way. He just crawls in there. Now that the beast is back up to 600 pounds, there's plenty of room for the whole uh, building. Anyway, here's a uh, an amusing fact from, uh, let's see, well, here's the first one from Todd, Chronic Todd in Hollywood. He says, is that the Registered Traveler Program or the Fellow fellow Traveler Program? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent job, Todd. You are chronic, but you're okay. Now, here's Chris, who says, last week, the very highly rated Steve Kane radio show received a call from <laughs> Gilbert. Gilbert asked Steve Kane if he could help smooth things over between himself and you. Yeah, the best way to smooth it over, Gilbert, is by calling and saying, Fuga, Fuga. Although he doesn't say, he says it with a CK. Fuga, Fuga. That's the best way to smooth things over, you asshole, you retard. Steve said he'll be back over at Pompano Park soon, and when they bring back their free spaghetti dinners. Yeah, he's probably going there for the free meal. And that Steve would try at that time. Don't you come anywhere near me, you scumbag right-wing piece of crap, you. Steve went on to say he speaks with Howard David regularly. However, he didn't think Howard David would be any help at this time. He went on to say that he speaks with Howard David regularly. I, I heard Did you that. get that? But he wouldn't be of any help at this time. And thanks for playing the 60 Minutes clip. You're welcome, Chris. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. Oh, I do, too. It's like the anti-Neil Club, don't you understand? Do they meet at Denny's? I don't probably anywhere they can eat for free. They probably meet at the old the site of Burton Jack's. The Hojo's dining room? Uh, Steve is waiting for them to open up Burton Jack's again. Right. And, of course, he loves that peppercorn sauce that they used to put on the pasta. John Gambling's dead at 73. We had it on our website over the weekend. You know who that is? Nope. Oh, come on. Broadcaster John Gambling, whose morning radio show, Rambling with Gambling, was founded by his father in 1925 and continued by his son after he retired and has died. He was 73. Rambling with Gambling. Gambling died of heart failure Thursday at a hospital in Venice, Florida. Sent his son, John R. Gambling, not to be confused with daddy, John A. Gambling, eh? Gambling worked at New York radio station WOR until his retirement in 91. Bob Bruno, station vice president and general manager, no kin to Tony Bruno, called gambling a professional right down to the heels of his shoes. Ooh. Yeah, to the heels of his shoes. It's kind of like Mo. He's rotten to the heels of his shoes. And, of course, if you notice that, it gets the drip off from the, from the bag in the heels of his shoes. What a mess. You can hear him sloshing around. He had real star power, Bruno said Friday. When John came into the room, heads turned, he got those whispers. He had that presence. Oh, yeah, just like when Mo walks into the room, heads, <laughs> heads turned, turn. there's a lot of whispering. <laughs> a lot of chatter going on. The news and talk show was a New York institution for decades, known for its quiet dignity in a market increasingly dominated by shock jocks. 
It lasted longer than 75 years, was listed as the world's longest-running radio show in Guinness Book of Records, 2003. A series of gamblings. Junior and senior. I bet you Pete Rose was on that station a few times. Anywhere there's a gambling, there's Pete Rose, who never bet on baseball, by the way, and certainly never bet on Cincinnati Reds baseball. Liar. From the five, clubhouse. Six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty and never put a stack hundred dollar bills on the table. Not. WQAM. Hello. This is Randy Roach here. WQAM. Hello. Hi Neil. Yes sir. Welcome to Miami. Bad mood and all. Uh huh. That it puts you in. No, it's not Miami that's got me in a bad mood. The weather here is great right now. It's this building. It's the uh, Greg Reed thing. Did they ever get the mung out of the air conditioning there? Are you kidding me? Oh, I may have to be calling in sick the rest of the week. Uh, well, I'd like to, thanks for uh, bringing up a couple of very uh, interesting topics You're welcome. today. Uh, one of them is the, the dean and the straw man argument that uh, that uh, it was put towards him about the uh, minority on his cabinet. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that Vermont is 98% white. And uh, so I, I thought that was a little bit of a straw man argument. That, but, uh, but, but his response to it was weak. He could I have agree. said that. He could have said, well, if the litmus test is uh, how, how supportive you are, he said that Trent Lott would be a great uh, civil rights leader because he's in Mississippi and there's so many blacks there. I mean, it was a great smart-ass answer, but it didn't respond to what Sharpton was accusing him of. I agree. And he should have pointed that out. I know, major mistake on his part. Very, very weak responses, I thought. I thought, I mean, his closing, uh, you know, first of all, they go through this uh, almost two hours of bull crap, and then they give him each 45 seconds for a closing statement. It was a joke. While they're wasting all this crap with that Chiquita banana brought, asking about uh, did he ever have any Puerto Rican food for lunch. Amazing. I'd like to also mention something about that O'Neill, uh, uh, 60 Minutes O'Neill uh, interview last night, too. That's a very pretty interesting if you can uh, like put two and two together, which the American public doesn't seem to be able to do. No, they're not. But uh, Bush there is surrounded by peanackers who have said that the only way they could get public support behind a, a, an international war effort, like, uh, I mean a, a unilateral war effort like this, is to have a Pearl Harbor-like right. event. Right. We, we've talked about that many, many times. There had yes. to be some major event. And, of course, keep in mind the exact words Bush was saying in those meetings Go find me a way right. to make this happen. Make it happen. Make it happen. That's right. And so, I, I mean, my God, what, what else do we need? You know something? If they held a press conference tonight, he came on the 6 o'clock news and announced to the country that everything Paul O'Neill was said, the public would go, blah, 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 blah. okay, what's for dessert? You know what I'm saying? That's Amazing. the public. Amazing. Good luck to us, Pally. That's right. Okay, I'll see you at the Wellam Canal. I'll see you at the Straits of Mackinac, Straits of Holy Mackinac. Prospective jurors arrived for Roman Catholic bishop's trial and fatal hit-and-run accident in Phoenix. Remember that? Yes. He thought he hit a, a mouse or something. Right. A dog. Or a trouser. A trouser Armadillo. Dozens of prospective jurors filled into a courtroom uh, today as jury selection got underway in the hit-and-run trial of Roman Catholic bishop Thomas O'Brien. Attorneys expect to spend up to a week selecting the 12 people who will hear his case and fry his ass. I mean, testimony is scheduled to begin next week. The trial could last a month. O'Brien, who led the Phoenix Diocese, nearly 480,000 Catholics for more than 20 years, resigned in mid-June after he was charged with leaving the scene of the accident that killed Jim Reed. Police said Reed, 43, had been drinking and was jaywalking. The 68-year-old bishop told police he thought he hit a dog or a cat or someone had thrown a rock in his car. How do you like that? <laughs> well, that'll teach that Jim Reed to be drinking and trying to cross the street, right? Yeah. He won't do it again. Drunken walking. You're in damn tea of that. He ain't going to be doing it again. 12.42 at QAM. And Gator Meat. We're back with Madonna. Yeah, and I have a great house. 
Yeah. Which opens wide, as they say. Yeah, they do. Does it feel weird to make love to someone while your husband's watching? No, absolutely not. Uh, He's very skeptical at first. Really? No, I just don't care. <laughs> I want to do them because I, I want the experience. Yeah, always yeah. been like that? Oh, God. Yeah. Our guest is Madonna. I like sex. It's like food. You've always been a good ride. Hey, <laughs> I have. <laughs> Do you hear that? That was Larry's cheeks flapping together Ooh. right there at the end. Rectum. Yeah. Can you imagine how loose those babies are? 1245 at 560. That's what Angie Dickinson said. She said he used to like her to put on a big black strap on and just go wild. Uh, here's a great book, Danny Schechter. It's on Roman and Littlefield Publishers. It's like a, a paperback. I don't know where this came from. I found it in the house uh, yesterday, published 2003. And it's called Media Wars, News at a Time of Terror. And this is just amazing about the media and the way they manage the news and manipulate and the way they present everything and twist and turn. And it is just sensational. In Media Wars, News at a Time of Terror, Media Channel founder and editor Danny Schechter critically examines media coverage since 9-11. He analyzes what's been covered and more tellingly left out in news coverage of the terrorist attacks and their aftermath. Drawing from the reporting of over a 1,000 worldwide radio, newspaper, TV, and Internet affiliates, the result is a scathing account of how the media has become a megaphone for the U.S. military and its war on terror. More than just a critique, media war suggests a series of changes to improve our news sources and return them to the vital role a free and independent press must play to reserve, uh, preserve democracy. You didn't remind me to look on that website, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. I suck. Media Wars is a timely assessment of what we are and are not being told of the most important story of our new century. Danny Schechter has become as the news dissector in Boston. His television career has included uh, time as an on-air reporter at Boston's WGBH, producer at CNN, as well as producer for ABC's 2020. He's currently the executive producer and co-founder of the TV and film production company Global Vision and editor of MediaChannel.org. It's his fourth book. It's called Media Wars, News at a Time of Terror. Danny Schechter, S-C-H-E-C-H-T-E-R. Got it, Danny Schechter? Got it. Great. Well, I got, you know how many books I got piled up? 30, man. Including that one by, uh, what's his name, George Soros? I got, right. uh, seriously, like a whole zillion bunch of books that I got to read. Better get to the bathroom. There you go. Better. There you go. Yeah. Maybe I can get some of them skacking bars. <laughs> five, six, seven, oh, five, sixty. Let's get those phones going, baby. I tried this last time I was here getting this town, like, worked up and into a fever pitch. Hey, football's over for you guys, but at least we had some other great games over the weekend. Patriots won. Oh! Although they're very lucky. That's what Mo says. Just a miserable, with no credibility. See, the reason he doesn't have to worry about Harmon's credibility, he doesn't have any in the first place. So what difference does it make? Well, every every lucky bounce, yeah, bounce this, okay? Maybe your bag will bounce up and hit Gildy in the puss and wake him up while he's napping during your pathetic uh, excuse for his show. Sad, tragic old troll. 5670560, oh, pound 560, although he and Clarence are getting pretty tight. That's what, I, that's what Clarence told me. He said they're on the verge of doing it. WQAM. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. I've always wanted to be a jock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Woo-wee. He must yeah. know uh, Dick. we got a lot of <laughs> callers who don't know Dick, but this guy, I think he knows Dick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ever, ever go into a room and uh, play just, uh, you know, a lot of uh, jock. Or uh, jock. Wow. Five six seven oh five sixty. Come on, let's go. If we had a lady call today, no. no. Nothing going on here, man, even though it's a Monday. Let's get with it. Let's get your finger out of your ass, into the phone. What? What is it? Nothing. I know what's in the next break. That, <laughs> hey, what difference does it make? Number one, it's... Uh, and you know what? He doesn't care. That's not what you told me last time. Dick? 
Yeah. Somebody else must have told you something. Oh, he doesn't care? No. Well, in that case, crank it up, okay? Yeah. And I'm glad you told me that just before that spot's playing again. WQAM, hello. Jumba? WQAM, hello. You know, speaking of which, if Joe Namath ever needs a gig, he can just do those Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Absolutely. Spots. Right. Did you see? Did you hear that whole interview with him? Where I didn't. No, I just I just read about it, and I have the clip on the uh, thing up in Toronto. I don't have it here. I have that short clip. Oh man, he sounded like he either had a stroke or he was three sheets to the wind. He was uh, ten sheets to the wind. Yeah. Anyway, you wanted a lady. Great. And I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off at everything. I just sometimes I get in the car <laughs> and I just start screaming. Really? <laughs> in my car? Yeah. I, well, drive I guess being here is I, part of it. Yeah. I'm screaming. I hate you all. You all. <laughs> Excellent. Until, until my throat is sore. Yeah, until it gets sore, me too. And did you see in the Sun Sentinel? I think it was uh, there was just a little paragraph. I think Saturday or Friday about some lady who wanted her baby to stop crying, so she rolled the baby's pacifier and ground up oxycontin. Oh no! Killed, I didn't see baby. that. She yeah. killed it. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Too bad. Rush didn't get to those pills first. Yeah. Could have probably saved the kid. Yeah, it's unfortunate the baby had to go, but yet Rush lives on. Damn it. Well, listen, thanks for the good news. You're welcome. And keep screaming. Okay. All right, bye. bye. She's my kind of lady there. Screaming, you people are a bunch of assholes. Nice going. You go, girl. Well, she's right. Yeah. She's right. Although, like I said, so far, so good. Although my drive home may be a little bit more adventurous. You never know with these idiots here. With these clowns. So I say, let's give all the illegal aliens a driver's license. What a bunch of weak needs. See, politicians, most of them just make me sick to my stomach. That's why Kucinich... He's got a pair. I don't care what anybody says. He ought to make me his campaign manager. See, nobody pays any attention to him. They don't take him serially. No. Because the media's portrayed him as just like another, you know, Al Sharpton, Carol Mosley Brown. They lump him in as one of the also-rans. So that's why he does like one. Right. Right. I'm telling you. I mean, to to look at John Kerry and say he's a major contender because he looks like his face was uh, etched in Mount uh, Mount Rushmore and they, like, uh, stuck it on top of somebody's shoulders. Prune face. Yeah. Man, he is scary, the old Kerry. And Ted Kennedy endorsed him. That's that Massachusetts factor. He figures he'll be buying the booze. Yeah, that's the only reason why. Pretty sad. Pretty sad state of events. And Joe, Joe Lieberman there, he's uh, sucking wind, you know, just wasting everybody's time. And money. He's in the wrong party, okay? You ought to do what a lot of those other phony Democrats did in the last 20 years. Just hop over in the party where you belong, okay? In the uh, blue and white party. You know what that one is, don't you? Oh! In the illegal illegal settlement party. WQAM, hello. Jim Mandage. WQAM, hello. QAM. Nice talking to you too. WQAM, hello. Miserable. WQAM, hello. Don't talk about Mo that way. QAM. This is Ponders. WQAM, hello. QAM, hello. Hey Neil. Yes, sir. Thanks for being a dim light in an otherwise dark wilderness. A dim light, yes, that's me. Old dim. That's it. See, they got no material now. Wow. It's not even one o'clock, and they're out of material. Wow! Shake my uh, booty, man. That's incredible. I think they're dried up for the year. Oh, they've been dried up for uh, many years. About man. Ever since I've been here. Yeah, keep these faxes coming, man. I thought this uh, today. Come back to town. I thought uh, no, I didn't really. I know it's the same old bunch of deadheads. Now, what is this about uh, Black and Limbaugh? About the Limbaugh thing? Oh, yeah. Rush Limbaugh and the ACLU didn't agree on much, but they're in accord on at least one matter, that the conservative radio commentator's medical records should be off-limits to prosecutors. Well, good for them. Screw them. 
phony baloney, okay? Leave it to the ACLU like they don't have better fish, bigger fish to fry. Oh, no, this is good, though. What's Rush going to say about them now? That they're a bunch of commie pinko fags, but thanks for the help. Oh. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T line five hundred thirty seven votes on our poll today. Regardless of which candidate you support, which contender has best articulated your views? Which one has said Shamba and you liked it the best the way they said it? Well, I mean, what's he gonna vote? That's what he's gonna base it on. That's his view of life. Shamba. That's a write-in. Right. And then the uh, the mouth breather there, the uh, you know the whisperer. They're all full of Schmidt. One hundred eighty six. Dean ninety four. Clark sixty six. Cousin sixty three. He's making a move. Bush 38. How come Bush has only got 7% on this? I don't know. That's pretty uh, encouraging. Maybe they're on to him. Sharpton. Look how many Sharpton's got. About 30, man. Edwards 25. Kerry 16. Jew Lieberman's got 7. Carol Mosley Braun 7. And Dick Ebhardt. Old Dick. 5. Boy, there's nothing more boring than old Dick. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing today? Pretty good. Um, I just want to make a comment about a couple of past polls you had. Go right ahead. The other day you had a poll about in reference to um, people that had passed away last year. I forget what the name Right. Um, Which one you, meant the most to you? Okay. Well, you had mentioned that George, somebody called up and mentioned George Harrison. and then I said, No, no, no. We took it off because he died in 2001. Yeah, yeah. And I was trying to call you to tell you that. but um, Okay. And then about... Uh, hey, listen, you can't get much past us. I know. No. Anyway, uh, a couple months ago, you had a great poll about local, uh, who had the best voice, or who was one of the best local broadcasters. No, we didn't. In the local area. Who had the best voice? Well, who, who, what local broadcaster you enjoyed the most in the Miami area over the That years. must have been on Georgia's show. I never did that. No, no, no. You I did because I had called in that day. I did? Yeah. And hmm. I failed to mention a couple of people that nobody had mentioned. One of them was Del Frank. Oh, Del Frank was great. Yeah, who worked at the. I had him on my show as a guest one time. I was so impressed with him. He was, uh, well, he used to be in Washington before he came here. He came here like semi-retire, you know. Well, he worked at WTVJ Channel 4 with Bob Weaver and all those right. people. Right, I know back that. In the 60s. I grew up watching him. Right. And one other guy who had probably the greatest voice down here, he did voiceovers galore for Channel 4, and that was Lee Vickers. Never heard of him. Okay, well, he passed away in the 80s, but he had been with Channel 4 since the uh, late 50s, early 60s. With I remember Tom Lee Gillette. And Bob Weaver and all And Lee Fowler. Yeah, Lee Vickers. He was. He also had another great voice. Okay. Anyway, I love your show, and you should be syndicated, and you are the greatest. And Norma Kent's an asshole. Okay. Well, and have a great day. Okay, take care. Yeah, Norma, you're an asshole, okay? You're a fugan idiot. Everybody else, everybody. I'm not just talking about most everybody. Everybody in the world is syndicated, except me. But you know what? I don't care. I'm counting them down. You know what? It's less than three years now. Now the first right. number is a two, and then the first number will be a one, and then it'll be like counting down the months and the weeks and the days, and it'll be like, all right. All right. Yeah. Unless, of course, certain people around this town kill me with food before I get out of here again. I'm not putting up with it. I am absolutely not going to put up with it. I don't need any Krispy Kreme donuts sitting in my face. I don't need any big bags of Hershey's. Uh, oh, they are good. They're um, Butterfinger, chocolate, uh, whatever they are. What are they? Little chocolate things with like with Butterfinger uh, stuff in the, you know, Butterfinger bars. Yeah. I love those. In fact, Rector Howard stopped by. I said, can I have one of them fingers? <laughs> butter. And he wanted up his... Rectum. No. Yeah. And that's when he became chocolate Butterfinger. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> that's Mo. Yeah, his he, all morning long. You've heard the stories about he stands in there digging for yes, gold. Indeed. And his finger keeps slipping out because he's a Butterfinger. In fact, Gelly says he's never seen a better finger. In anyone's ass than Mo. Twelve fifty seven. Oh, he's such a such a piece of crap. Absolutely. Oh, brother. 
I, I think tomorrow morning I'm going to come in early and just, just sit in there and stare at him for a couple hours. I'm going to bring in my camera. I, I just might do it. In fact, where is that? Oh, wait. Let me get it. I'll, I'll do it during the break. <laughs> All right. I, I want to get that uh, dead muskrat over there, one sitting on Luis Miguel's head over there against the wall. I'm going to get that baby out again. Just sit there and stare at him. <laughs> Buy me out. Buy me out, okay? That's the only way you'll get me out of here. Buy me out. And, and that's I found out from Joe Rose this morning. That's the uh, MS. That's the truth. Because he knows, he knows they want him out of here desperately. Buy me out. Go ahead. Just pay me off and buy me out. Let's start a telethon. I'll tell you what. In fact, I'm thinking about it. Which would please me more if they bought him out or bought me out? Sounds interesting. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Hey, Clarence, buy me out. Or as we say up north, buy me out. 1257 at 560 WQM. Hey, want to welcome a new sponsor, Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead. Locally owned and operated, these guys have been treating people right for years, which is why they're still around. Located on US-1, just 20 minutes south of the 836, Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead is worth the drive to save you a ton of cash, thousands of dollars on brand-new Toyotas. Check out their great lease prices. An 04 Tacoma two-wheel drive regular cab, just 169 bucks a month. An 04 Echo, you pay only 179 a month. How about an 04 Celica GT for only 209 bucks a month? With every car purchased at Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead, you'll get a free Sun Pass. And don't forget, they were the first dealer in the area to offer free tires and batteries for life. If you're looking for an SUV, Armstrong's Toyota Homestead have got a huge assortment of RAV4s, Highlanders, 4Runners, Sequoias, and Land Cruisers. General Manager David Rich, no relation to Fat Rich and his staff, will do whatever it takes to put you in a brand-new Toyota today. Experience the Armstrong Toyota Homestead difference. They're committed to 100% customer satisfaction. Their service department's open weeknights till 8 p.m. to make sure that all the service work be done. And they're conveniently located at the U.S. 1 and 293rd Street in Homestead, and it's only 20 minutes south of the 836. If you're tired of those mega dealers who overpromise and underdeliver, here's the thing to do. Call David Rich at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. He's the GM. Call him at 305-242-3247. 242-3247. Armstrong's Toyota of Homestead. Drive a little and save a lot on that brand new Toyota. Live, Live and local. We're Sports Radio 560. QAM. One to two hour. <laughs> American Idol. You loved World Idol. And now there's a new talent competition that's pure heaven. It's After World Idol, featuring all your favorite dead singers and the judge you'd love to kill, Simon Cowell. Hugga, hugga, burning love. Oh, God. Thank oh, you. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you, Elvis. That was absolutely ghastly. Oh, that's harsh, man. Yes, well, your talent has left the building. Uh, get me some slack, man. I'm and Elvis. so should you. Goodbye. Oh, man. No, Elvis, the... The other way, Elvis. Oh. The other way. Oh, Thank man. you. Oh. Hear world-famous deceased vocalists going dead-to-dead to, dead to compete for the crown of after-world idol. Why do birds oh, suddenly appear every time you are near? I said thank you. Just thank you. Oh, honestly, Miss Carpenter, if you continue singing, I'm going to throw up. Next! Yes, Mr. Sinatra, is it? Yes, go ahead, go ahead, please, 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 quickly. Strangers in the night, oh, exchanging yeah, glances. Yeah, stop, 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 Mr. Sinatra, that was horrid. If you weren't already dead, I'd have to kill you. Hey, 
Them's fighting words, you limp-wristed limey. I had to knock them rotten teeth out your head. You got it, bozo. Security! Next! Hey. Don't hurt me. Don't pass on after World Idol, right after the simple death, only on Fox. All right. 103 at 560, WQM, our big one to two. Our mad dog coming along at two. The Humper is going to be at Chulis this afternoon at four. Humper in the studio tomorrow. Maybe I'll get a chance to bond with the old uh, load tomorrow afternoon, huh? Well, I want to see for myself. I want to see if he's as gargantuan as you claim he is. That's what you said. I didn't say that. You said if you think the beast ballooned up, wait till you see the humper. As <laughs> you said, you said he's quite a load, is I think what you said. That was funny. That's your friend Mo saying that. Oh. 566 votes on the poll. Regardless of which candidate you support, which contender is best articulating your views? Which one is going ooga booga in just the right tone of voice? They're all full of Schmidt, 195. Howard Dean's got 100. Nice even number. Wesley Clark, 68. Dennis Kucinich, 68. He's moving into a tie for second with Ooh. old Wes Clark. See, it's kind of hard for Wes Clark to make too many brownie points because he's absent from most of these polls since he's forfeiting Iowa. That's number one. And number two, since he wastes all of his time at Schloemi's in a rascal house. And the deli den. Yeah. He's got the old Jew vote, the ones who ain't voting for Lieber, Jew Lieberman. And Pat Buchanan. Bush, 39. Sharpton, 32. Edwards, 25. Old scary John Kerry, man. 16. Jew Lieberman, 10. Carol Mosley Braun, 8. And Dick Ebhart's got 5. Boy, very few people in this crowd like Dick. Oh, here's the, somebody just faxed me the article I read earlier in the show, Report Blisters Bush's Handling of the Tear War by the Army War College. Been there, done that, thank you. No, they mean well. It's a great article. It's uh, on the second page of this morning's Sun Sentinel. Should be on the front page. Just another in a series of scathing attacks. Trying to unearth the truth for you people out there. But, of course, uh, like Jack Nicholson said, a lot of you people are the S-word. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Stupid. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, stupid. That's it. That's the S-H word. Stupid. I like that. Man bitten after putting snake in pocket. Oh, no. <laughs> Greenwich, New Jersey. A man who police say stole two snakes from a pet store was bitten by one of the reptiles as he drove home from the Franklin Township store. Well, that figures in Jersey. Just stop and think about it. Scott Jr. came from Jersey. Does that tell you enough? Tells you everything. The tiger python snakes were not poisonous, and the 20-year-old man whom police declined to identify did not seek medical treatment for the bite to his groin area. Oh, no. Giving new meaning to that term, trouser snake. Police said the man took the snakes last week, slipping them into canvas bags he had rigged in his pants pockets. As the man headed home, one of the snakes wriggled out of the bag, wrapped itself around his leg, and bit him. Police recovered the snakes from the man's home. Officers went there because the man had bought an, ig <laughs> an iguana from the store the same day the snakes were stolen. The man was charged with receiving stolen property. Theft charges were also expected to be filed. Well, that'll teach him to be buying illegal iguanas. Right. we got one in the backyard. Bigger than a gator. Maybe he thought it was the night of the trouser snake. Five six seven oh five sixty. You really do? Yeah. An iguana? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Bigger than me. I'd like to see it. I wanna it's see the big. iguana. It's like what do you do with it? You like feed it? Uh, it seems to be doing fine on its Are own. Are they dangerous? We're afraid it's going to feed itself on the dog. Are they dangerous? I don't think so. Oh. I don't think I've ever seen one like that. It's very gnarly. It looks like a dinosaur with a spiky crest on its back. Now, are they kind of like? Uh, are those the ones that like prance around like? It, it Like Freaky Carlos? doesn't quite prance. They walk kind of strange, It'll which means scuttle. they'll never get through the airport without the appropriate right. alert. No. Something like that. Oh, and yesterday, my good friend Ken Halpern. Thanks a lot, Ken, from Nationwide uh, Limo. Aren't you amazed that I'm back with Ken again? Why? Well, he begged me to give him another chance. He had a little problem last time. 
little contretemps there. Everybody has problems. Everybody has a thing. And, of course, he sent that banana boat brought away. I think was the one that was moderating that debate last night. Oh, I'm serious. I can't believe that more of you aren't coming. That's because nobody watched it. And then, you know what? Thank goodness. Oh, Dean, 26. Gebhardt, 23. Kerry, 16. Edwards, 12. 14% undecided. This is the very latest Zogby poll in Iowa. Dean, 26. Gebhardt, 23. Kerry, 16. Edwards, 12. 14% undecided in Iowa. Maybe all 14 will go for Kucinich. Get him in the running. It's so sad. He has got no chance. And that, that's what's pathetic. Right. Tell the American, if you don't look right, if you got a bad hairpiece and you're about two feet tall, if you're like a little munchkin, uh, you haven't got a chance. And that's the media. Oh, look at this. Slime. <laughs> well, with Zazi numbers like that, you know, you got to find comic relief <laughs> somewhere. And Kucinich did, taking a seemingly innocuous question on space exploration and the current Bush administration and driving it hard, bringing down the house. Here's what he had to say. I've been wondering why the president would, uh, while we're still in Iraq, talk about going to the moon and going to Mars. Uh, maybe he's looking for the weapons of mass destruction still. Um, How do you like that? He was great. The whole thing. Dennis Kucinich, I'm telling you, he's so far ahead, and including you can have <laughs> yeah. Dean, all the other ones. Huh? That picture right there that they're showing, it looks the, like somebody drew the hair I on. I know, I know. He's got a freaky <laughs> wig, man. But uh, George Washington had a wig. Yeah, but it was in. He was even a time. member of the Whig Party. Right? No, no, he wasn't. I know, but it just sounds good. <laughs> no, but seriously, he had a wig. Sure, they all did back then. They were all... Uh... Thomas Jefferson had a big wig. Right. He had a big one. You don't have to get wiggy. That's what it. the servants used to say. Boy, that old Tom, old Uncle Tom. Oh, don't say that. Here's a fax from Dieters, who says, I'm writing to ask for a mailing address. I call, but nobody picks up. I don't want to go on the air. Oh, well, I'd like to send you a few CDs, plus some Flash 5 work I did about Bush and Company. Oh, great. Please send it along, too, and it's got a website. It's my personal email, so don't give it out. Oh, it's, uh, no. I know you used to, like, uh, you used to live, I think that means, in Kendall, yes? You remember the Walden books on 112th and Kendall Drive? It's now closed, all thanks to me. Janet Reno lives across the street. Once she had come out to get the mail, I poked my head out of the store, waving hello, and I screamed, Hi, Shaky. It says, oh, ju- no. no, it says, just kidding, they were closed due to lack of sales, okay? That's because most of the books were in Inglés. You know, sell no uh, English uh, Inglés books in uh, Kendall no more. That's why I got out of there. No sp- Well, mainly I got out of there, the traffic. You, uh, you it can't was drive. just impossible. Impossible. It was impossible. And that, too. Speaking of books and bookstores, Bill Maher's book, When You Are Right Alone, You Ride With Osama. Oh, no. Oh, gee. It, it should actually be right up your alley. I'd like to stick it up his alley. Whether you like Bill or not, and I hate him, the title uncovers a takeoff on old WW2 posters that read, When You Ride Alone, You Ride With Hitler. Please carpool. The book is somewhat anti-Bush, very uh, anti-Patriot Act. And George, check it out, pro-legalization of marijuana. Oh, and this guy listens to Art Bell. Oh, that must be the one I called before. It's so sad. Bill Maher is an idiot. Yeah, just set that aside there. I'll, uh... Yeah, so so don't drive any kind of a car, because if you drive any car, you're uh, riding with Osama. Right, don't... I mean, it's like the whole concept is so freaking stupid. Don't turn the lights on, either. God. Bush versus science. Is the White House credible? Where did this come from? The year in science from, uh, oh, Discover Magazine. Aren't you ready for that? I, I love might, Discover Magazine. I might take a puke at I this. I buy it um, often. I might take it short. I might take a peek at this. A lot of reading today. That's okay. I want to get uh, back in shape here, all right? I figure if I read a lot, my face will keep getting thinner and thinner. Everybody says, oh, man, you look so great. Your face is so thin, you know, like I lost a lot of weight. Guess what? Lost a bunch and then gained a whole bunch of Well, from here, here up, yeah. I don't look too bad. You look all right. That's because I got the big... Po- no, I don't look all right. You look all right. If I showed you that puppet, you'd throw up. No, I don't want to. I know. It. Plus, I got... <laughs> see, I can flash. You got good color. But this shirt. This shirt <laughs> I is... Love that. Well, but That's at least... Didn't I admit it? You could sell that in the uh, vintage clothing shops. Who'd buy it? Mo? 
It would, oh, go, great. It would go great with his lime the, green the pants. Punks think would that he be a cool fashion though. plate? What? The, the vintage punks? clothing, ugly, some, it keeps coming back in. Yeah, if we live another 500 years, right. this shirt might come back in. I, I only slapped it on because we're just hanging there, you know. It's a laundry day shirt. Mate schmutzes up all of my shirts here. When I'm in Toronto, there's, I, I have a nice dry cleaner, Chinese laundry. Yeah, well, there you go. I have an ancient Chinese secret. See? And uh, I take my stuff there. Everything is like, I look almost like human there. But here, it's like uh, my maid, you know, she she couldn't iron. She's too busy uh, with detergent, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. <laughs> Don't you know about people who clean houses? What about them? Well, if let's say you had a big thing of uh, of bleach, I mean bleach. Okay. Bleach. And then, like a couple weeks later, all of a sudden, there's like almost none in the thing again. Get out! Saying? How petty can that be? Well, that, that's very commonplace. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. Certainly not suggesting. Oh, okay. Not my genie. She wouldn't do that. But I just. It's a joke. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, I'd go for the silverware before I started no, pinching that, that's bleach. That's too obvious. <laughs> only, only, and see, my mother's too old to come over and check the uh, levels. It's like checking the checking the uh, oil in your car, you, you know. Dip stick. You have a dipstick and all those <laughs> bottles, and you check the level in your Windex and your in your Clorox Blatch bottle. Oh God! Yeah. And see who's. Uh, I mean, how much Blatch can you use in one week? Right. <laughs> I I can't believe you. Oh, uh, no, I, I never see, heard. I, I mean, I know about the I, silverware. People and, uh, who clean houses the for loose a living. Change, like the one of the most commonplace thing: washcloths, towels. I mean, see, they've been on other people's detergent. bodies. Detergent. Yeah, but then they wash them off real good with all that stolen detergent. <laughs> I guess. Twelve minutes after one at five sixty WQM. Hey, listen, I'll tell you one thing. If you're trying to lose that weight, speaking of fat, now I'm I'm so fat. I'm so big and fat. The one good thing is I will not be eating no Ben and Jerry's here. You still haven't had the coffee toffee crunch. Oh, I, no, I so. can't be talking about Don't that in the middle of my balance for life spot. What? Don't do it. Don't start. You're going to die. It's one of those things you're better off not starting because it's addictive. You'll make that Oxycontin look like actually a moron. It's, it, trust me, it's so damn good. Anyway, if you're sick and tired of being fat, if your New Year's resolution for the umpteenth year in a row is this is the year I'm going to lose some weight, why not do it with Balance for Life? Like uh, the lovely Katrina who's lost 15 pounds and probably, I guarantee you, more than that. She'll be in this week one day and we'll find out. Probably close to 20. Balance for Life can do it because you don't have to do any shopping, any calorie or carbohydrate counting or anything. All you do is just pick up that sack outside your door by 6 o'clock every morning, and all the food you want for the day is in there. Three gourmet meals, two delicious snacks, a 16-ounce bottled water. It's there every day, and there's plenty of great, fresh, delicious food, great variety, too, to keep you full all day long. Nothing frozen, nothing loaded with chemicals or crap, just great, delicious goodies to keep you full, like I said, all day long. And you can watch that weight pour off your ass, and you'll start seeing results on the scale in just a matter of days. So get with the real controlled and proven weight loss, eat healthy lifestyle. And don't forget, the only uh, choices you make, they give you a little menu once a week. You fill it out. You have two choices for every meal and snack, and that's the only thinking you have to do. So let them do the shopping and the cooking and the preparing for you at Balance for Life. Here's the number to call. Make your New Year's resolution a reality this year, finally, by doing Balance for Life to lose the weight. Call 954-568-3229. 954-568-3229. Or check out their website at balanceforlife.com. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. QAM. Go f yourself. Booker. Up, 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 
way up in my sinus Your one green thing I wish I was minus Oh, that you linger, feeling with my finger Booga, how you get so high? Booga, booga, how you get so high? Booga, booga, you're making me cry Booga, booga, gonna have to cry Booga, booga, we're solidified You know a bad with the cold, make a homie feel old My get up and go, just got up and went Need a decongestant to break the big booga loose I've been picking out of my days, I've been too, but it ain't no use Cause now it's kinda dry and I'm out of luck My big old booger isn't really getting stuck And every time I pick it, everyone says ooh it And if I try to pick it, my hand would get greedy Goo it, too goo it now you got me stuffed up, puffed up, and I'm so congested One sneeze and I could be arrested Cause when it flies out, it could knock your eyes out Booger, how you get so large? Booger, booger, how you get so large? Booger, booger, bigger than a bar I'm getting a little tired of that crap, I can tell you right now. Dedicated to the memory of our good late friend, Mike Ranieri, Ooga Booga. It's a, uh, what? Don't you think that fits right in? I do. 117, and of course, don't forget. Squirt, squirt. That too. 117 at 560 WQM, we got the Mad Dog. Lots to talk about with a sports nerd today, man. All them great football games. Green Bay, a little lack of balls there at the end. Should have gone for it. Should have kicked the field goal the first time, and then gone for it in the ass end. That's what yeah. Brett Farm says. He says, always go for it in the ass end. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Six hundred votes on that poll on neilrogers.com. Don't forget to hop on our website today and read those uh, stories, especially those first two. Please make a hundred copies of them, especially that peanut crap. I mean, it's, it's all right there. It's in black and white. It's right there in front of everybody's Liberal face. Lies. Everybody's face, except in Cuba, by the way, which they banned the internet. Did you see that? Yeah. So for our friends who are listening in Cuba, Castro's an asshole, okay? A repressive, obnoxious, commie pinko asshole. And you people have no freedoms and he lies a lot. But other than that, makes a hell of a cigar. At least he smokes one. Got some great Cuban cigars in Toronto. Probably made in Honduras. Probably. 5670560. Oh, Boy, I sure miss my Danaman lights. Oh. Don't do it. Huh? Paper. See, that would be a good way for me to like lose a hell of a lot of weight again. Start Don't smoking. And I could grow a like, blue tumor, yeah, right. tumor on my tongue. Yes. I can, I can do all of that. It's not a tumor. Wouldn't make any difference. Still have the same group of uh, clowns. Clones. Five six seven oh five sixty. Let's go. Let's get with it. WQM. Hello. Hey Neil. Yes sir. I'd like to talk about the Panthers if I could. Okay. Have you heard? But don't don't be on a speakerphone, aren't you? Yeah, but uh, you know the new guy. Well, don't be on the don't. What? What did he just say? I, I have know. no idea what you said. Okay. Have no idea what it was, whatever was supposed to be so clever. Didn't hear it, don't care, jackass. There's your Panther call for the day. That they're giving away all these free tickets to and they think they really got something going. Actually the fact of the matter is they have been playing a little bit better, but not good enough. The only thing they got going is they play in a horrendous division that is so see, I want to just say this right now. And that is as far as uh, the NFL is concerned, when they first started with that like parody stuff with the salary cap and all the teams were like really crappy and I, I there were a lot of boring games, a lot of crap. But, uh, you know, as usual, they know how to do it. And now any team can win on any given day. And you got all these exciting games, and it's really competitive. And it's great. And everybody's going ape Schmidt over it. It's fabulous. But the National Hockey League, what they've done, like the uh, New Jersey-Toronto game Saturday, is a classic example, in spite of what Don Cherry says, you idiot. They, they've destroyed the game. Clutching and holding and tackling and just... The tackling belongs in football, not in hockey, okay? 
And they just uh, they can't even move, and they're just pulling guys down. It, it's boring. So you can talk about well, nobody shows up in New Jersey for them games, and nobody shows up in Carolina, and it, and nobody shows up here. Why? Because it's boring. They've destroyed the game. So take a look at the National Football League on the one hand, with a salary cap, where they got equal, uh, you know, with the uh, you know, parity, as opposed to the NHL, where the smaller market teams, most of them haven't got a Chinaman's chance in hell, like Buffalo, for example, classic example. And, man, does it ever snow there. Like, wow, what a horrible place. So many days in the last, like, month, I'm watching the Buffalo weather. My good friend Maria Gennaro is still up there. You go, girl. And you look at the Buffalo weather. Well, we had two to four feet of snow today, and in Toronto is not a flake. Well, there's a few flakes around. <laughs> there's, not, there's not a drop, nothing. So I guess when you live right, eh, that's what it is. And when, hey. you, and when you do too much bowling with white socks. Boy, Buffalo is just... Anybody that's from Buffalo, good luck to you. Congratulations getting out, including Woody Graber and even Fat Boy. Oh, speaking of Fat Boy, who was in here this morning hawking away... Hiya, Pally! ...with the rest of the sales department. By the way, screw in. If you want me to stick around, don't do that again. Brings the whole sales department in here like it's... Uh, they're marching in. They're goose-stepping right. in here. Like I needed to see them. I don't mind seeing some of them. But Todd Dreck. Oh, I wanted to step on him. Bush versus science. Is the White House credible? This is pretty boring. About how they're... Yeah, it's boring. I read it. And we already know that. Right. Because we already know that the Lord works in so mysterious ways. He fired ways. all the scientists and hired a bunch of yes-men. Right. Like everything else. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM. Right. Yeah, I'd like to meal, please. Speaking. Short call. Five, six, seven, uh, like I said, just relax, okay? Everything's out of control in here. My finger has never, has never been sharper or faster. Well, if you'd pull it out of there. And in fact, my, my toes have never been sharper either because I stuck my foot up. Clarence's rectum this morning, as you saw. Hey, Clarence, let me tell you this, okay? I really, you've disappointed me so bitterly. And you notice how, how Muff came in here like real, uh, you notice that this morning? Late? No, not just late, but like with his tail between his legs. No, he was late because he was at the doctor for the 18th time this month, and it's only like the uh, 12th of the month. Yeah, he likes to doctor a lot. He likes to play doctor. Likes to play proctologist. That's what Clarence said. But came in here like, you know, kind of a Schmidt faced because he knows that the stunt that they pulled here on Friday, trying to defend Mo and trying to make up that story about Zach and it was mutual. Don't lie, okay? We already got Greg Reed in the building. That's enough for lies for a lot. What? Over such a major Yeah, over issue. such a minuscule thing, okay? He's got a right to fire anybody he wants on there. I don't give a crap. It's just the point being that he keeps blowing everybody out of there. Nobody's good enough for him. But if that's what he wants, that's, that's his deal. Who cares? And then, of course, he has to lie about it. Yeah. How dare you say? And of course, the fact that I found out he went ballistic over it—that's what I live for. That—that—that's what made it so special. Where do you get your information? That—that's right. That—that's why every time I know that he goes ballistic over whatever I say about him on the air, it just—it just brings joy to my life. It's better than <laughs> sex, than great food, better than anything. I'm telling you, because nobody is more deserving than that piece of walking crap. So, Clarence, you better get your priorities straightened out, okay? Even though we don't do sports on this show enough. Idiot. WQAM. Neil. Yes, sir. Did Mike March read the uh, Dave Wants his coaching for dummies? Book? I'm not talking about the playoffs here, sir. Call up uh, Mad Dog and ask him about that. Okay, I heard the same conversation exactly on Joe's show coming in this morning. Exact same thing. And they're still whining about Dave Wants that and about how he don't take any chances and how about they played for the tie in that St. Louis game. Uh, call up the Mad Dog. Okay, we're not talking about ball games. Do a little Panther talk like that one asshole that I couldn't understand what the hell he was saying. And don't care. There are, you see, you can't complain about the hockey fans here because there aren't any. And I'm not going to waste my time on it. This is not a hockey town. Never will be. And the only reason they like Nathan Horton is because the kid looks good. That's all. 
He's injured, by the way. He's out. I just mentioned that in passing. Anybody want to go? I'm going to give these away. I got somebody already uh, figured out to give these away. The 85,000 tickets that they gave me. <laughs> this is with his long letter signed Rick Dudley, general manager and head coach. He put the dud in Dudley. I mean, they're they're playing marginally better, but the fact is they're still, what, four or five games under 500, something like that. They got 40 points. They're in a horrendous division. Tampa's got three games in hand. See, Tampa's a real team. That's a real team with some really sensational talent on there. The Panthers, too many youngsters in the organization, not enough like grizzled veterans like a Dave Andrichuk on Tampa, people like that. Too many youngsters in the organization. WQAM. Hey, what's up, Neil? Yes, sir. Hey, real quick, do you know if Beano Cook is from Pittsburgh? WQAM, hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, ma'am. Is it possible to no. get... Pardon me? Yes. No. <laughs> is, it, is it Neil Rogers, correct? Speaking. Okay. Is it possible to get a um, copy of that um, interview you played from C, um, 60 Minutes last night? I didn't uh, hear all that? of it. Yeah, you could you could contact maybe go online and see if it's available. Go on, do you have a computer? I do. Okay, you can go on cbsnews.com, and they have a 60 Minutes uh, thing that you can, uh, icon you can click on, and it might be available. Wouldn't surprise me. Maybe not a recording, but at least a transcript I know is available. Oh, I would love the recording because there's so much in the, that man's voice telling the truth. You yeah. know what I mean? It's scary, isn't it? It is very scary. But I've, He I said the president this... was like a blind man in a room full of deaf people. I mean, but I had this feeling all along, especially about Iraq. Right. Uh, ever since the vote here was messed up. He said he put him between a rock and a hard place is what he said. Oh, boy. And how do you like that thing about Karl Rove was calling all the shots? See, George Bush isn't even a president. I've been telling people that for years now. He's well, just a face man ever since they stole the election. He's the face man for these neocon right-wing lunatics. That's the sad part. That's true. However, I had always thought it was Dick Cheney who was given the order. Well, he was also. he uh, He's widely mentioned there, too. Dick he, Cheney. Well, he's one of them. Dick Cheney, Wolfowitz, Pearl, uh, the, the Rumsfeld. And, and you notice the comment about how he received a call from Rumsfeld telling him not to make the comments and not to publish the book. Yes. Did you hear that? Yes. A veiled threat. I mean, really. It's kind of like saying, next time you start your car, be real careful, that kind of thing. I wonder if the news people are going to handle this the way they handle that situation with President Clinton personally. No chance. No you know, chance. Just, no. They, they, just tra they just trashed him. America loved Bill Clinton. The economy was great. Uh, life was wonderful. And this uh, grave robber, for whatever reason, he must have naked pictures of, of all the news anchors. He okay. must have naked pictures of Tom Brokaw doing Dan Rather. Another Edgar Hoover, huh? Exactly. Another gay Edgar Hoover. Have a great day, sweetheart. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'll see you at the border there. I'll see you at Niagara Falls. I'll see you at the uh, Peace Bridge. 27 past uh, 1 at 560 WQM. If you're in a dead-end job, if you feel like you're underpaid, you're working for a real schmuck, New Year's resolutions don't just happen by automatic like a magic wand. you got to put plans into action. So pick up that phone and call Fast Train toll-free at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. <coughs> Classes started in January, and it happens to be the 12th right now, so they're going on right now, Todd. If you're committed and dedicated, Fast Train can assist you in becoming a certified computer professional, and you can do it in just four Short months. Not four years like in college, but in just four short months, you can have a career. The demand for certified computer professionals is at an all-time high, and Fast Train offers you convenient day, evening, and weekend classes, too. Job placement assistance, financial aid for people who qualify. So why not change your life for the better right now? Get out of your minimum wage job. Quit working for some schmuck who doesn't appreciate you. And call Fast Train at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. Don't miss the train of opportunity this year. Check them out on the web at fasttrain.com. And call that. Uh, make that one call that could change your life, 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. 
Fast train. Don't forget to tell them that Todd Dreck told you to call. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. Coming up tonight on Inside the Behind the True Hollywood Celebrity Music Biography Profile Story, we blow the lid off one of the music industry's most shameful secrets. What really went on at C&C Music Factory. Brutal. An abused assembly line employee, whom we'll call simply Herbie, remembers the working conditions at CNC Music Factory. Every two f***ing seconds, that f***ing horrible woman's voice comes over the PA. And believe me, we were supposed to get moving or she'd hand us our on a ladder. Workers at CNC Music Factory were expected to pump out 120 beats per minute, 11 hours a day, until someone came up with a hit song. Noreen Payne was the shrill, demanding voice which drove them on. Those little bastards! Uh, 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 uh. All they did was complain! Uh, 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 uh. But Noreen has deep regrets about the way the workers were treated. But the aptly titled, Gonna Make You Sweat, was not the only hit that CNC Music Factory produced. Piece of shit. My best friend had to die to make that crappy song. Herbie recalls the day Things That Make You Go Hmm was produced. Poor little Sammy. He got caught in a sampling loop on the synthesizer belt and he... Oh, there was blood everywhere. He was a simple man. He, he just wanted to buy food and clothing for his wife and their 14 disabled children. Oh, God. I hope you're happy out there. Knowing a good man died so you could listen to a goddamn song. You bastards! Ah! The CNC Music Factory. People getting paid next to nothing to churn out a useless piece of crap. Not that different from your job, really, is it? It's a big, juicy, sopping wet look at show business. Tonight on Inside the Behind. 132 at 5.60 WQM. Happy Monday to you. Mad Dog standing by. He'll be here at 2. Oh, and now remember that story we had about, about the, um, the Burger King thing when they were like doing the uh, cutting in on the uh, intercoms? Right. Police said they expected the Federal Communications Commission to try to identify whoever broadcast on the same frequency as the wireless intercom at a Burger King in Troy, Michigan. The FCC, they got nothing better to worry about than that, about four-letter words and about Burger King uh, intercoms. Hey, better them than us. Right. Whatever that means. Well, you know what they say. <laughs> what do they say? <laughs> the person broke into the Troy restaurant's drive-in order system several times last week, most recently on Thursday, when he told customers they were too fat to eat a Whopper. Other patrons were subjected to obscenities and bizarre remarks, and the manager was ordered back inside while trying to look into the source of the mischief. It has stopped, store supervisor Jennifer, or whatever her name is, told the Detroit Free Press. I believe the FCC has taken over the case, Police Sergeant William Avery said yesterday. I imagine they have a better way to investigate it. The FCC has radio direction-finding equipment for detecting illicit transmitters. Federal law also carries more severe penalties than state law with stiff fines and prison time for those convicted of willful or malicious interference with radio communicators. How do you like that? The government in action, man. That's Michael uh, Powell for you. Bunch of assholes. You can't mess with our people at Burger King. Can you believe that? I want to do it. I wish I'd thought of it. Yeah. In fact, they're probably doing them people a favor. You're too fat to eat them whoppers. Get out of here. Drive on. Move on out. Court Nixon's appeal over 9-11 detentions. 
The Supreme Court refused today to consider whether the government properly withheld names and other details about hundreds of foreigners detained in the weeks and months after 9-11. The high court turned down a request to review the secrecy surrounding detainees, nearly all of them Arabs or Muslims, who were picked up in the U.S. following the attacks on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. More than Most of the more than 700 detainees at issue in the case have since been deported. Some picked up after 9-11 were charged with crimes. Others were held as material witnesses. Only Zacharias, whose name changes every five seconds the way they pronounce it, Zacharias, Zacharias Masawi, who was detained before 9-11 attacks, is being prosecuted in connection with the 9-11 attacks, and they're blowing that pretty good, too. His friends call him Zach. Watch your back, Zach. Much more important than that. Hey, maybe Mo can can his ass, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he's already... A brawl between former professional hockey player Tony Twist. Oh, yeah, St. Louis Blues. I remember him. And a, uh, a goon, and a comic strip creator who named a violent mafia character after him. Twist claims the character in the Spore, S P A W R Spore. Okay. Comic series hurt his image and cost him endorsement. Oh, Spawn. There's oh, a thing for oh. this. Um, you know Spawn? Yes. They made a movie. Cost him endorsements. The high court rejected without comment an appeal from Spawn creator Todd McFarlane, who argued that his work was free speech. McFarlane had a team of Hollywood backers, including Michael Crichton, creator of the TV series ER. Crichton. Larry David, <coughs> co-creator of Seinfeld, novelist Scott Tiro, and Jeremiah Healy, no kin to Glenn Healy of the uh, Maple Leafs, and actor-comedian Harry Shearer from The Simpsons. Harry uh, Shearer. They urged the court to use the case to clarify free speech protections for artists who routinely use the names of famous figures in their works. The character Antonio Tony Twist Twistelli was used not only in the comic strip, but also was featured in HBO spinoff show and on some hockey merchandise twist told justices. The real Tony Twist, the former NHL enforcer known more for his fighting than his skating, was awarded more than $24.5 million by a Missouri jury. Uh, the award was overturned on appeal, but a court ordered a second trial. The case is uh, something or other. Still going on. Let's see. The court today also did these things. Well, let's see. Is there anything important? Left undisturbed a ruling that upheld a ban on so-called junk faxes. An appeals court had ruled that the government had a substantial interest in protecting the public from unwanted fax ads. The decision upheld the uh, Telephone Consumer Protection Act of 91, which regulates telemarketing calls, contains prohibitions against junk faxes. Oh, do you hear that little squiggly asshole out there about your junk faxes? You're going to jail. They declined to review an appeal from a man found guilty of voting fraud in 1999 for voting at one address while living at another. John Kennedy O'Hara, a lawyer, claims he was singled out for prosecution. He brought, uh, to, was brought to trial three times for the, by the Brooklyn DA's office. The case is O'Hara versus New York. And they passed up a chance to consider a constitutional challenge to Florida's tax on pay-per-view boxing matches. A boxing promoter argued that similar taxes in California, Georgia, and Oregon have been invalidated. The case is top-ranked versus the Florida State Boxing Commission. They said El Paso is what they said. We'll pass. Well, that's good news. Isn't that good news? Well, they were too busy worrying about the, uh, you know, the, the getting in touch with the FCC. I don't want to pay more than To make sure they that. see who's dicking with the uh, intercoms at Burger King. Because, boy, I'll tell you, they know, their wa- they know their whoppers at the Supreme Court, believe you me. Just like back in 2000, the greatest whopper of all time. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon line. We're doing screamless. I don't see much action on there. And we got 23 minutes to kill. WQAM, hello. Neil, how are you doing? Pretty good, sir. Hey, you want to know how fascist this, this Republican dictator No, you're chronic. I don't want you boring. Five, he's boring. I don't oh. want to hear. I mean, he agrees, and that's great. But you're boring, and you're chronic, and over and over in your voice, it puts everybody into a coma, into a deep sleep, okay? Call a Randy Roadshow, please. 
caught up on those uh, we're going to change the world shows. I'm just here to pass along some information. I will play the 60 Minutes thing again later in the week. Good. I got it. Good. Don't you think it? I mean, it's great. See, maybe call me crazy. You're crazy. Okay. But it seems to me that this Paul O'Neill thing, this is a bombshell. Yeah. The book will be released tomorrow, by the way. It's called um, The Price of Loyalty. And the author is, uh, what's his name? Donald uh, Trumpsfeld. No, seriously, what's his name? O'Connor. No. <laughs> no. He's on that piece. Suskind. Yeah. Anyway, Ron Suskind. Write it down. Yeah, write it down, Ronald Suskind. And it'll be on the bookstores tomorrow. Should be the story of the century. This is somebody he released, not, and he interviewed also, he said, many other cabinet members. It wasn't just Paul O'Neill. And the other ones want to, of course, be anonymous. He's the only right. one that came public a pubic. Yeah, but don't you think he betrayed the president? <laughs> he a traitor. Isn't so there bad? it is. It lays it right out there for you, man. A blind man in a room full of deaf people. Dick Cheney, Carl Rove, they're calling all the shots. The PNAC stuff, the attack on Iraq was planned long. And I've been telling the people that for two years now. That they were getting ready to do something, and certainly since March we've been telling that this was already preordained. Oh no, we had to do this because he was a dangerous man. And look at those Danes found that um, uh, French's mustard in there, <laughs> and a little gray poupon on the side. Yeah, yeah, they're pooping on the side, all right. God, tragic, just a tragedy. The fact that they that there's and again, not not blaming them. I'm blaming the Democrats. That those are the people sure. I blame. You have to hand it to Kenny Starr, all those uh, right-wing lunatics, man. They didn't waste any time. They got their ducks in order. They had the balls to do it. It was a disgrace. It was a waste of money and time. But they did it. Democrats are sitting back. Well, you're uh, not as uh, uh, much for dark folks in the uh, spics as I am. Well, I'm, you know, all this other crap, all the infighting instead of putting the uh, attack where it belongs and seeing who's doing the best job of that and articulating it the best. Should be one of the big stories of the uh, of the year. Maybe of the last 10 years. It's right there, the Iraq attack. And, and the worst part of it is, well, I got to, I wrote it down. Bush saying, go find me a way to do this. Yeah. Go find some way to make this happen, to get rid of Saddam Hussein, to throw him out, overthrow the thing, and, of course, uh, get all our ducks in a row for the oil over there. Go find me a way to do this and make it palatable enough so the public will go along with it. Those are those O'Neill liberal lies. Yeah, right. Good old Republican Paul O'Neill. And Kevin Phillips and Pat Buchanan, and the list goes on. So it's all right there for you. it's like they're putting up billboards all over America. Just take a look at it, okay? There's the Fugan truth. Just take a look at it and absorb it, suck it in, and hold it. Twenty till two, the Mad Dogs coming along. And two, talk about more important stuff like ball games. Had a lot of good ones over the weekend, man. It was just gut wrenching. It was incredible. Just one after another. That Patriot game just took about five years off my life. Wow. And I was pulling for Kansas City yesterday because I figured at least that way, Trent Green and Tommy Brady, at least that way, if it's Kansas City and the Patriots in the Super Bowl, well, I can't do that. Or like an EFC championship, I meant. At least then you got two great-looking quarterbacks. Isn't that what it's all about? Hmm? And Joe Namath says, <laughs> 19 till 2 at QM. Hey, listen, uh, you, might, you might be doing that, too, after you eat at the Emerald Coast. Uh, you know, yeah, they're having yes. a few uh, belches because you'll be so full, man, but you'll be happy. Because you can't beat the Emerald Coast with a stick. They can accommodate all kinds of groups for you, too. Take the whole gang from the office. Start your mouth-watering experience at the Emerald Coast with six different soups, then sample dozens of delicious, amazing entrees like New York Strip made to order in their sizzling Asian grill, along with that great seafood St. Jacques, named, of course, after the great uh, late goaltender Jacques Plante, first goalie to wear a mask. 
Enjoy oysters on a half shell every night. And there's lots more, like the Alaskan stone crab, middle neck clams, jumbo shrimp scampi, and now for the first time ever, Maine lobster on the weekends at the Emerald Coast. Shovel it in a little of that hand-carved prime rib and their new uh, Thai special, these two. And you'll never walk out of there, like I always tell you, with a pounding headache from MSG because they don't use any. No MSG, no cornstarch, no crap. They cook all their fine cuisine only with cholesterol-free oils. There's a full salad bar, a new sushi bar, fresh shrimp cocktail, and if by some miracle, or maybe you're just a big fat tub, you have room at the end of the meal, there's a full dessert station, too, with Belgian waffles, pies, cakes, pastries, ice cream with all your favorite toppings, even fresh fruit. Three locations for you at the Emerald Coast. They're in Sunrise, Pine Island of 44th Street. They're on Collins Avenue, just next to uh, north of 163rd, North Miami Beach, also at the intersection of Flamingo and Pembroke Roads in Pembroke Pines. So take the Gansa Mishpacha, even if you don't know what that means, or the whole office for your next business luncheon, to the Emerald Coast and let our friends over there do the cooking for you. Take out and delivery always available, too. Call 954-572-3822. 954-572-3822. A lot of other Chinese buffets popping up. They're not even in the same league. With the Emerald Coast, it'd be the bestest anywhere. <laughs> This is television at its best. Now, what is the message there? The message is that there are known knowns. There are things we know that we know. There are known unknowns. That is to say, there are things that we now know we don't know. Strong, bewildering words. But there are also unknown unknowns. There are things we do not know we don't know. That makes sense to me. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I'm just talking. It's blah, blah. It's just words. This has been a presentation of ABC News. You talking to me? Yeah. Oh, 145. <laughs> Well, it's that disc. 145 <laughs> at 560 WQM. The Mad Dog was just in, and he said, All right. Yeah, he's all whipped up with these ball games. Now, no pressure. No pressure because the Dolphins uh, season is over. Let's find out if we can fire a Dave uh, Wentz. too late, huh? Yeah. Isn't today the day they're supposed to be naming the GM? They're bringing in somebody. I think it's uh, oh, Warren Cromarty. Yeah. They figured out he knew nothing about baseball. Let's see if he knows anything about football. Huh? Give me the ball. Give me the ball. And give me that uh, that uh, powder. Yeah, time to take a powder. Cashmere bouquet is what it is. And what were you just saying? The transcript of that 60 minutes, uh, minutes piece is on the website. And a year ago, Paul O'Neill was fired from his job as George Bush's Treasury Secretary. You mean that one? That one. And oh. he's working on getting the audio link going. So nice going, Eric. You're it. the best, baby. I'm telling you, he is so good. I don't know what you said or did to him. Nothing. Oh, get out he's of a great here, guy. man. You, the I two think it's you things that happened. I think, I think when Boner Boy was here, that created like a, a rift. Not to mention, of course, the two years before Boner Boy came in and when he didn't do anything. I mean, sorry. Well, no, he's making up for lost time. Although he did, uh, we did have a little, because I faxed him that poll that I thought you forgot to fax him Friday. So right I called him show. to alert him to it, and he said, uh, you know, those 85 bedtime stories, could you maybe cut it down a little bit? I was getting a little <laughs> carried away. No, seriously, because I had uh, About 30, man. a couple days in a row, and he said it took him like a couple hours. And he'd right. like to get, you know, on the treadmill or exercise bike. And I thought, well, I'm, not, I'm certainly not going to take time away from that. <laughs> Do you really believe he's on the treadmill or exercise? No. No. He didn't see him the second time he came down. You only ever saw him well, the he lose some really weight? fat time. He lost like 60 pounds between the two visits. Well, how do you know what he looks like now? When's the last I, time you've seen him? I don't. I'll just we take don't. a word for it. It's like the beast. So, in other words, he could weigh anywhere between like 180 and 480. It's a floating weight. Yeah, like the beast. Oh, if, if this crowd... No, seriously, he looks like a human beach ball. With legs. A human beach ball with little tiny legs. Like, like a beach ball like on a top of some shoes. He is a schmoo. Forget about Joe Palooka. If you want to see the real schmoo, see the beast. Check him out. 663 votes, that ain't too bad, considering this requires like an IQ larger than your thumbnail, I would assume. Now, you put a option on there for them. Oh, yeah. 
regardless of which candidate you support, which contender is best articulating your views? That's a little bit artsy fartsy that we usually usually we have like uh, you know a bunch of crap on there, but we're trying to like appeal to a uh, much lo- higher intellect, aren't we? No, 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 we're not. No, we're not. And we like the crowd. Six hundred sixty-nine votes. They're all full of Schmidt. Two twenty-eight. I don't I don't mind that choice because I I can see that. Howard Dean, 112, in spite of his grotesque performance in yesterday's brown and black debate, mm. black and blue debate, uh, Dennis Kucinich has moved into a nice second place. He's moving up the ladder with 93. You ready for that? I'm telling you, man, he's great. I believe I, I, it. I have, I, I have no reason to say that. In fact, before all the debates started, I wouldn't have given you. I mean, I liked a few of the things he said. I know he was against the war, and that's great. But it wasn't a one-shot deal. In other words, it's not like, well, he got in a good line one time or, you know, you know what right. I'm saying? He's consistently great. He's got a great sense of humor. Sure. Well, if you look like that. Kucinich, 93. Wesley Clark, 79. Bush, 50. 7.4%. The Bushmeister ain't doing too good. Thank God. Sharpton, 38. Edwards, 28. Uh. Kerry, 16. Lieberman, 10. For the old Jew Lieberman. Mosley Braun, 8. And Dick Ebhart. He's been uh, pulling up behind end all day long. Old Dick. Seven. He's been sucking. He's been sucking wind all day. Dick. It's 11 before 2 at 560 WQAM. That mad dog, man, he is too much. You know what I'm saying? All right. He'll be along at 2 o'clock. He's in fine form. Make no mistake about it. And I'm sure he gave my Patriots a lot of credit, unlike somebody else that we all know. I don't want to get... Absolutely. Him. Yeah. Always, uh, there's still, I still say there's a lot of luck in all the right bounces. Yeah. You only wish that Tom Brady's balls would bounce and hit you in the chin, Mo. That's what you want. How the guilty turned you down. WQAM. Hello to you. Yes, sir. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you. I think the guy was talking about that I gave Amapoof a place for Colorado Rockies. That was the hockey uh, question he was talking about. Reverend Jones. WQAM, hello. Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. Yeah, hey, man. If you, I don't know, I'm sure you've done this already, but... If you go on the PNAC's website, yes. you can do a Google search and go on them. Mm-hmm. they got this uh, map of the world where you can click on uh, the window to see all their writings and projects over the last, all the way back to like 97. Right. right. Well, if you go to around September 11, 2001, there's a lot of chatter, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I know you don't like Bill Maher, but he had a great uh, comment. I, I, not only do I like, uh, dislike Bill Maher, I can't stand him, I despise him. Well, he had a funny comment about Joe Lieberman. He yeah. said, uh, Jew Lieberman seems to think that uh, President Bush would make a great president if he was only Jewish. That's not bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I guess mm-hmm. it, was on the, it was on the Dead Man in the Morning show. I was uh, catching a snippet of it. Oh, my God. You're the one that's watching that thing. Don't, don't make a habit of it, man. <laughs> All right. Well, it's because you're off, it's, you're off uh, whammy. We wish we could get you back on. No, thanks. All right, buddy. Bye. See ya. Out loud, man. Out loud. That's where we want to be. Are they still speaking English on whammy? No. Of course, even when they were whammy, they weren't either. Out loud, Bill, uh, Tesh. It's not Tesh! Tech. Tech. That's Something it, right? Like, yeah. Easy, it rhymes with Drek. Right. Ever see Bill Tech and Todd Drek? No. Same place? No. Same guy, by the way. Harry. Suck it in and hold it. The Middle Eastern world. Will be exploded, Saddam had people killed with the gas that we sold him. First time aggressor nation and the only one that's going. Now more blood will be spilled to get that oil flowing. Forget about Korea and 
the nukes they're toting and the right wing is drilling it over and over into our heads that Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction <laughs> thousand people killed are now forgotten let's exploit them instead hey there's oil to be gotten going after Saddam to placate Osama there's no longer mention of the name bin Laden but no one seems concerned all comfy and complacent believing every word of this cartel administration that controls us by fear through media manipulation and the right wing is drilling it over and over into our heads that Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction Loss of civil rights is the price that we're paying. We're all suspects now, Nazi Ashcroft is saying. I have nothing to hide, table talkers all are saying. Blind obedient cattle don't have any reservation. Without unprovoked battle and world annihilation. Old regimes must fall in Halliburton installed. With no objection at all, Democrats don't have the balls and the Right wing is drilling it over and over into our brainwashed heads. Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. Only Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. Eat your heart out, Bob. I got my own muskrat, baby. It's a beauty. Oh! Don't you think that's me? I mean, I don't know if I have it on right, but he's got, you know... I think you might have to be fitted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it sure feels nice and comfy up there, yeah? I might just get my head shaved and just wear the old uh, muskrat. Do the muskrat ramble. I'll bring you a coonskin cap from Carolina. Oh, really? Sure. From a coon? The real with the head still on it. I'll be They're damned. Like 80 bucks huh. for a real one. I hear they like those in Mississippi. 5670560. Oh, Pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. Well, you know what Rick Weaver used to say? It's a treat to beat your feet. Something like that. WQAM, hello. Yeah, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, Kucinich. Yes? Did you hear what he did last week? What's that? He was on National Public Radio, and uh, he held up a pie chart, and the moderator said, Sir, we're on radio. Right. Not good. <laughs> and... I mean, I mean that's his one blunder. He says we a lot that of all the time. Things, but... yeah. Look at this. Yeah, so anyway, but have a good day. Well, let me ask you this. Was it at least a punky pie? <laughs> See ya. Adios. Five, six, seven, one. Did I say he was perfect? No. Huh? Maybe he was trying to deflect attention from the hairpiece, from the panel. You think that might have been it? That could be it. Because when you see, like, I'm sitting here with this muskrat on my head. Right. And you're afraid that everybody's going to, like, be looking at it, you know? So maybe he held up the chart so they would, like, kind of look away. I hear he mooned him, too, as a matter of fact. Just anything to get their attention off the top of his head. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. I agree with you, man. Howard Dean got slammed yesterday. Yeah, he's uh, fallen bad. 
He's finished, though. He's got great ideas. He speaks well, but, man, I had never seen him before. Yeah, as soon as they cut to him on the camera, I mm-hmm. thought it was Saturday Night Live. I was like, hey, is there right. impersonating somebody? What can I hey, tell you? And, by the way, I'm holding up some pie right now. Can you see it? Yeah, I see it. Mm. Strombetti. It's like hair pie to me. But what? <laughs> 695. Oh, we can get to 500 before we finish. I mean, 700, whatever it is. Yeah, we can get to 300. We can get to 700 votes before we get done. You think I should, like, uh, redo uh, it? Ah, yeah, whatever. Huh? Let me do it. Well, we got a few seconds here. We could steal a couple of seconds. In fact, the Mad Dog, he uh, he don't mind. Do you know that he's actually counted the number of shows that he does a year? He's, he he puts me to shame. He is unbelievable. He told me he does 212 shows a year. I say, are you just making that up? Or, no, he's got it down. He's got it in his... Uh... Yeah, but his shows are really long. <laughs> man, oh, man. Can you imagine how much he's getting paid by the minute? About 30, man. Oh, 701, piece of cake, no problem. Okay, Mad Dog is next to Humper, the load, for this afternoon. Bye, bye, bye. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Absolutely.